Hello everyone, this is Jameson doing the audio-only timestamp spoiler warning for Half-Life Alex spoilers. We talk Half-Life Alex spoilers from about the two hour and eight minute mark until two hours and 49, 30 or so. Uh, basically from the two hour eight or two hour nine minute mark through to the end of the podcast is spoilers. So be wary of them. Don't listen if you don't want spoilers. Goodbye. Well, hello, people of Defend the House, and welcome back to another Big Review Roundup podcast. I think I got that right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm never going to remember the name. The Big Roundup podcast is what they're labeled oh, on YouTube. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, One day we'll you know, get it right. It's, it's been a while. It's it has been, been since uh, November 27th was the last episode that went up. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been a bit Man, quiet. a lot has changed since November 27th. <laughs> yeah, no shit, dude. A lot has wow, changed. Five months, five months can really change a lot, huh? Wow. Or four months. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's not talk about that stuff for now. Let's uh, let's focus on there actually being new video games back again. At least ones that we are interested in. Actually, no, I think it's pretty universal. You know, we didn't play Animal Crossing, but it came out the same day as Doom. It's just been a little bit of a wasteland when it comes to, you know, the big AAA things. And I would even say kind of the smaller things. I haven't really been playing any new indie stuff over the last, like, five months. It's been uh, a wasteland for me. Yeah, I'm checking my my games played in 2020 list, and we played one session of GTFO, which actually came out in December. Mm Mm-hmm. In early access. Kentucky Road Zero Act 5 came out. And Dreams yeah. came out. Yeah. But we've played all those already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been but anyway, quiet. The, uh, the wait is just about over. Things are starting to happen again. Uh, today, we have Doom Eternal. And we're going to bring on our podcast pal, Ben. Who's in our normal Defend the House podcast. Uh, which you can listen to if you like these videos, uh, these audio things, over on, I think, most places. iTunes, Spotify, yeah, Podbean. Spotify, I, yeah, probably you, a yeah. couple others. I'm if you want sure. more yeah. long, talky videos in this format, there is more content for you. And Ben is on those. He's actually the host of the Defender House podcast, and he will be joining us for Half-Life Alex because he's played it as well. Uh, we did not play Animal Crossing, which should probably say that. Just yeah, we don't not, play Nintendo games on this show. Not anymore. <laughs> not not until Mario Galaxy comes back out on until the Switch. Until all the Marios come out, apparently, yes. but that'll be that'll be good. Maybe we'll ask Ben what he thinks about Animal Crossing. Do a little, you know, he can give a mini mm. review. But yeah. chronologically, Five minutes max. <laughs> let's start off with Doom Eternal. Now, you F-C-C did... FCC disclosure. We got a code from Bethesda for Doom Eternal. Oh, yeah, nice. Sick. Uh, so you That's did a review... <clears throat> and Indeed. I have not looked at the review. I haven't seen it, it. I was surprised to see it was 20 minutes, by the way. Yeah. That's a, I was that's a thick too. review. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I... It wasn't even it wasn't even as detailed <laughs> as I probably would have wanted it to be which as is, well. Which is interesting. Because yeah. I, don't, I don't think I have 20 minutes of things to say about Doom Eternal, but I also have a lot of opinions on Doom Eternal. Mm. And I'm pretty sure you loved Doom Eternal. So I, I don't know where those 20 minutes came from, but... Uh, We're about to find out, I guess. Mm, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I will start because, you know, people are bored of your opinions. They kill me. They've heard you talk. (laughs) Um, So I am going to compare the beginning of my journey in Doom Eternal to another game. 
you might be able to guess it pretty quickly. And this is, is the Doom. It is not. No. Okay. It is, oh, okay. It, it is not. Uh, so <laughs> I haven't said a large amount of opinions and things I think about Doom Eternal to you. But I think yeah. the one thing I did let slip and that you might have caught on to is that I kind of struggled at the beginning of Doom Eternal to climatize to the new flow of the game. Yeah. And the game I'm going to compare it to, for me, is actually Sekiro. Uh, oh, sure, yeah. When uh, I first I'm... played Sekiro, yeah. I mm-hmm. had a rough five to six <clears throat> hours in Sekiro because I had the muscle memory of uh, Dark Souls deep in my brain. And Sekiro gave you a large repertoire of tools and in the Dark Souls games, those were kind of optional. You didn't have to yeah. parry. You didn't have to. You didn't have. You didn't have to use a shield if you don't want to. You can kind of base your character the way you want it to play. And in Sekiro, I wasn't. You know, I wasn't using all the tools the game had given me. I wasn't changing the way I played from Dark Souls, and I was getting heavily punished, and I was getting frustrated. And my first three levels in Doom Eternal were actually pretty similar. I was playing it just like Doom 2016. And I obviously, I was listening. I was taking in the new tools, the the flame thing to get the shield. I obviously was listening to the dash and the blood punch. But I just, I didn't realize how urgently you needed to use these things and how important they were to the flow of combat. And I was, I wouldn't say I was getting destroyed in Doom Eternal. You started on Ultraviolence as well, right? Yes. And I, per I'm my gonna, recommendation, yeah. Yeah. I just <laughs> wasn't feeling good at the game. I was yeah. getting through it and I just felt clumsy. And there was something, you know, I just played, um, I replayed Doom 2016 a couple of months ago. And I just was, I was confused about why I wasn't getting into the flow state. Uh, and I just wasn't enjoying Doom Eternal as much as Doom 2016. But eventually, uh, to me about two hours, I would say, near the end of the third mission, I finally started to understand that they had fundamentally changed how combat flows in Doom Eternal. Uh, which I think was worth it, because even though I had the initial frustration, I enjoyed having another learning experience in a Doom game. Because I think uh, the original Doom, even though it's much more simple in its combat complexity, you still have that moment, if you can remember, all the way back to 2016, where, again, you you know, we're we're new to the new Doom. uh, And there is a moment when you play 2016 when you finally start to feel like you're in control and you're a monster and you're destroying everything. Mm. And it was nice to have that moment again in Doom Eternal. Uh, when I got to level four, which I think is the mission where this could be wrong, this could be mission five, but the one we had the double Doom Hunter, Doom Slayer boss fight. That might be mission four or five. I can't remember. I don't. I. You know I'm which boss fight I mean? Just so I, no. Oh, the Doom. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Doom okay, Slayer, yeah. Yes. Doom Fighter. The Doom Hunter, yeah. Because the Hunter. cultist base is the uh, the like Arctic-y one. That's the third level. Yeah. That's where I hear a lot of people saying like, oh, I get it now. Yes. And then, yeah, the Doom Hunter base is the next one. I forgot what the Doom Hunter was. It's the, the floaty guys. Yeah. Right? The, with the shield. On yeah, the yeah. sledge. Mm-hmm. On the sledge. Yeah. Right, and right. honestly, mission four, if that is correct, where you do the double yeah, boss fight. That mission was one of the most satisfying overcoming of a, you know, combat learning system, a learning curve that I think I've ever had in a video game. 
Sekiro comes very close. Sekiro is even more punishing, so overcoming that combat system and finally feeling in control of enemy encounters in Sekiro is really good. And Sekiro also has another, like, I think I described it as reading the Matrix code, where you finally see oh, between yeah. the lines. Sekiro also has that feeling. But where you just, like, your eyes just go blank and then you're just, like, parrying like a god every yes. single hit. And, you're, yeah. Mm -hmm. Doom Eternal has that, but... Just because of the, you know, the visceral nature of Doom, the music, when it comes to B, um, especially when I was kind of clumsy and crap at the beginning of the game, it actually made it more satisfying because it just felt really shitty to be the Doom Slayer and, you know, to have played Doom 2016 <laughs> twice and not feel like the Doom Slayer. I felt like an imposter in the first yeah. three levels. I didn't feel like the Doom Slayer. It was like... It felt shitty, dude. I felt like, you know, I just, it, I wasn't fulfilling his role. I, mm. Yeah. Imposter You don't syndrome. want to let him down. No. And so when I got that back in uh, episode uh, chapter four, it felt so, so good. And I do think the combat in Doom Eternal is better than Doom 2016. And I understand why people don't like it as much as 2016. Uh, Doom Eternal is a really strange, strange combat system. There's almost a, like, a logical problem-solving aspect to it, where your eyes are flicking between different things. You're looking at the battlefield, you're obviously monitoring what which demons are there, and then you're quickly looking back at your health, your shields, and your ammo. And you're, on the fly, as fast as your brain can manage, you're making these, this, like, list, this, like, computerized yeah. list in your brain. Micro-decision list, yes. yeah. Of That's what like, I said in the review. okay, how am I gonna take out the turret on this guy? How am I gonna blood punch this guy? How am I gonna get my shields back in the most efficient way possible with the weapons that I have? Yeah. Uh, and it's really, really, really fun when it flows together. Uh, I feel like in Doom 2016 they used the term combat chess, and I don't really feel like Doom 2016 is necessarily combat chess. I understand what they're talking about. Obviously, there's, yeah. there's weaknesses. You've got to shoot the pinkies in the back. And, you know, but that's the, about the only enemy in that game as well. I was thinking last night, it's like the pinky demon in 2016 is kind of the only enemy that you have to like really think about. And the shield guys, I suppose, as well. Right. right. Uh, whereas Doom, Doom Eternal, it's like 80% of the enemies are like the, the pinky mm -hmm. in that they have sort of like a, a way you sort of have to deal with them. Yeah. Uh, which is, is interesting. Yeah, I'm... I, I go, continue if you have more. Yeah, uh, before I, I keep going. Yeah, I, I have I have more. <laughs> okay. So yeah, when Doom Eternal is flowing, it is a more demanding uh, combat system mentally and you know f like dexterily. Dexter, 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 yeah. Dexter, Dexterity that's, wise. That's not a word. Yeah. Um, uh huh. And when you get into the flow state, it is, I think, the most satisfying combat system, at least of the genre that I've ever played. Mm -hmm. uh, because it feels earned. It doesn't feel like you are this beastly character. And, you know, he's got super strength and an arsenal of incredible weapons. And that's why you're winning the fight. It feels like you win the fights in Doom Eternals because you are using every tool that you have been given. And you are managing and making decisions correctly quickly. Mm -hmm. And that makes for... A eternally um, more satisfying mm. combat experience than Doom 2016. But, uh, but, <laughs> uh, I have 
quite a few things in Doom Eternal choice-wise, which they made, which I don't think really complements that flow consistently. And I found myself in Doom Eternal not always being in that flow state. Well, I would argue mm. in Doom 2016, it just, it was nonstop. I was always in that flow state once I had control over those systems. And in Doom Eternal, I found myself not always feeling in control of every fight. And again, Doom Eternal might just be a combat system which has so many micro layers that I need to play it twice. Because I actually found that even near the end of Doom Eternal, I, I just kept feeling like I was getting better and better and better, even when I was near the very end of the game. Yeah. But there are there are a couple of things that I, you know what I'm I'm literally I'm doing my whole review without letting you step in. I haven't seen your review, <laughs> so before I go into some of the minor issues I have with Doom Eternal, which you probably heard elsewhere on the internet, this game has been surprisingly, um, I always forget the word. What's it? What, polarizing. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, I, I, it's it's weird. You, like you look at critical reviews, very very high, mm-hmm. still sitting at ninety, I think. Uh, you know, people on Twitch playing it, loving it. Steam reviews all super high, but there are definitely people that aren't liking Eternal in a way that we didn't see with 2016, mm-hmm. which I think is understandable. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if I would call it like a divisive game because I would no. say the majority of it is like people saying, "Yeah, this is extremely good," and then there's obviously a, a more a larger group of people that are not liking it compared to what 2016 had. Yeah, um, I, th- I think I'm just surprised that there is any negativity around the game at all. I was not expecting anyone to dislike aspects of the game. And honestly, yeah, I wasn't without, really expecting me to dislike any aspects of the game. And I kind of did. Without playing, like before playing it, I would have said like, I, I wouldn't expect people to feel negatively about parts of it but having Mm -hmm. played it you know i can see like yeah i I can understand parts of it being frustrating for people because they're fucking bad at video games (laughs) um the gist of the review uh and i would say i still feel this way uh the gameplay combat systems and levels were the things i wanted to be good Mm -hmm. from doom eternal and they are and they're, I would say, better for me than the than the last game. Yeah. The combat is more fun. The levels are more varied and interesting uh, throughout. And then there's lots of sort of small things in the peripheral that are not as good as 2016. Mm-hmm. But I still think the combat, which is 90% of the game, is the most I've ever enjoyed playing a first-person shooter. Ooh, very nice, very nice. It's, I would... I, and I was, I clicked with the combat almost immediately. And but you know, it, it does take for a lot of people, it will take a good two or three levels for it to start to work. Mm. Um, but like ten minutes into the first level, I was like, oh, okay, I get it, I get it. You want, yeah, okay, mm-hmm, I'm in, I'm on board. And uh, and I'm glad you brought up Sekiro as well because it was on my mind a lot throughout that game, uh, and I did mention FromSoft when talking about the game as well because it it does feel like Sekiro in a way, and it's interesting to hear Hugo Martin, who's the creative director of the game, say Sekiro was his favorite game of last year, mm. and then he loves FromSoft games, and it's like, yeah, Sekiro it Sekiro was all about like play our way or go away, don't go back <laughs> to die. your fucking Dark Souls, yeah. And 
Doom Eternal, for better and for worse for some people, is is saying, you know, play this way or go back to Doom 2016. And mm-hmm. Doom 2016 is a great game. And but I think like the second half of it for me is sort of harder to stick through. Like I have I've replayed the first half of that game many times because you get this really nice progression and sort of upgrading. But then the second half is sort of a bit dull to me just because it's you're just doing the same combat encounters the same way every time where it's just like uh, the super shotgun beats everything in that game. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, maybe and the rocket launcher. That's how I played like 90 percent of Doom 2016. And it's fun all the way through, but it just sort of becomes like really easy and samey. And one of the big problems that we've, I feel like, have talked about a lot throughout this generation is seeing how, how, what are solutions developers find to get you to use all the cool stuff they designed, mm-hmm. right? And, and some games find a solution. Uh, others just sort of expect you to, to mess around with things like Prey or Dishonored or Breath of the Wild, things mm-hmm. like that. And then there are some games like Sekiro or Doom Eternal where they're just like, we're going to build the entire game in a way that says you got to use our tools or get lost. And that's sort of alienating to a degree, especially Sekiro has the advantage of being like its own thing. It's not, it's not Dark Souls 2. And they're like, you better play this way, which is different from the last game. Whereas Doom Eternal is a sequel, right? And it's like, yeah, it's changing the formula up as a sequel, which I'm glad they did because I think, if they just made the same game again, I would have been, I mean, it still would have been enjoyable, of course, but it, it would have been less interesting. I they think. probably did that to begin with and were playtesting yeah, and they were like, well, this, this is just 2016, but it looks better. And with a couple more weapons. Yeah. They could have risked making like a DLC feeling game or an expansion pack feeling game. Yeah. And I, I like, they probably could have turned out a sequel to Doom 2016 in two years mm. and made people happy. But it would have been the same game, exactly the same game. And instead, they spent four years making it, and it feels like a, a proper and interesting sequel in a way that a lot of games don't. A lot of games just sort of fall into that sequel problem of just like, yep, we, you know, polished the edges a little more and made the exact same game again. And uh, and I'm glad they didn't. And so, like the negative points uh, that I see some people mention a lot some of which I agree with, some of which I disagree with. Like the levels, I think, are as a whole way more interesting yeah. and varied visually and also exploration-wise. Yeah. I see people dunking on the platforming all the time. And yeah, I don't agree that it's a problem because all the platforming is very easy and simple, much like it was in the last game. And there's not a lot of it. Like it's a little front-heavy, but as a whole, it 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 still feels like eighty percent of the game is is combat. Um, yeah, and then the parts that were disappointing to me were uh, the the way they handled like the story and the tone because I'm okay. I enjoyed I definitely liked the writing and humor and storytelling in the first game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it was one of those things where it's like ah. I'm glad this is good. If it was bad, I still would like this game a hell of a lot, you know? Um, And there's a few, I'll leave some of the smaller points uh, that I forgot to mention in, in the review that I wish that they had done that were done better in 2016. But the core of my feelings on doom eternal is that the, the, 
the meat of the game, which is the combat and the levels, is unbelievably good, and that makes me absolutely love it. So, because that's that's what Doom Eternal, that, or that's what the last game was. It was combat and levels that were very good, with a bunch of other really good stuff around it, and then Eternal is combat and levels which are incredible, with some other stuff around it that is maybe a little lesser than the last game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I gave it four and a half out of five, by the way. Nice. Very nice. So let's go back to some of your points. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the platforming. Okay. Because the platforming is something that I don't really understand what they were going for. Uh, I don't understand why they liked the wall grab mechanic so much. Um, yeah. I don't get it's, it. It's, there's a, there's, it. It just wasn't yeah. fast and it just wasn't that fun. And it was also just, for me, a little... There's just like a tiny bit of jank to it, where sometimes you boost and then grab, and then it's just a bit... It's, I don't know why the the platforming is based around the wall grabbing. I don't mind the wall grabbing being in the platforming, but it seems like the predominant mm. form of platforming in the game is just like wall grabbing and then jumping to another wall. And I just don't really understand why they did that, because in Doom 2016, when they had the platforming sections... It was just jumping to was, platforms yeah. and a really nice it a, flow. It was with your feet, yeah. I just don't... Yeah, yeah. I, again, I, I'm not, I wasn't like grabbing onto a wall and like, curse you, id, and you're dumb. I didn't. Yeah, I wasn't furious about it. I was just like, why Why have you chosen this to be like the core of platforming? I would I regard just, the platforming the same way I regard the platforming in all those other games that have platforming, like the Tomb Raiders and Uncharted's and all these other games where it's yeah, like... Yeah, I did feel like that. It's just sort of there and mindless, and I am sort of indifferent about it at this point. Like, in some of these games, like Tomb Raider, I, I'm really bored of it just because it's been done so much. Whereas first-person Doom, it's like, oh, there's not a lot of first-person campaigns anyway, so it, it doesn't feel quite as overdone. But it's just sort of like one of those game design things that is just sort of, oh, I don't want to say, I don't want to say it, but it's just sort of like one of those like lazy, just sort of like yeah. basic, you know, but I, I never was bothered by it because it never felt like there was too much of it. I wasn't like it, it bothered. Was just, I was bored. I think I just didn't find that's it fair. very yeah. interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm sort of indifferent know. to it. I like that the platforming allows for a bit more, hidden secret stuff the secrets felt a little more out of the way because mm -hmm. of the 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 jumping that expanded jumping that you can do in this whereas the last game it was just sort of like most there was some of that in the last game but uh but there wasn't quite as much yeah. i feel like so i yeah. um, i enjoyed the secret hunting in this game i got all of them mm -hmm. and in dune 2016 yeah, i didn't stop for any of them i didn't give a shit i just went full throttle in that game and in Doom Eternal, I kind of found it fun to scavenge. Because even when you get a perk that uncovers all the question marks, there's still like a little bit of head scratching sometimes. Where you're like, wait a minute, it's behind this, but how do I how do I get to this? And I, yeah. I, I thought that was kind of fun. Uh, the only thing I didn't like when it came to the secrets is... Uh, I, this is all just playstyle stuff. This is very personal preference. Uh, I really mm -hmm. hated the combat challenges with the timer. I hated that <laughs> shit. I just, I don't like being rushed. Uh, and also, enemies don't respawn in this game, so if you commit to them a couple of times, yeah. you're, you're just, like, out of ammo, and you're just screwed, and, I'm, and you can't try them again without, like, reloading the entire game. Uh, really, it's just not my thing. I don't like rushing, I don't like being under a time constraint, 
Uh, I think I left one at the end of the game just because, like, a Doom... Um, what are they call it again? Doom Hunter? Doom Slayer? Yeah, Hunter, he, yeah. And I had, I had, like, no BFG, I had no Crucible, and I was like, oh, fuck off. I just, <laughs> I just can't be Yeah, armed. that's fair. That's um, fair. But an, an additional thing I really liked was the... Um, Fuck, what are the ones called where you get the key and you go into the combat The Slayer arena. Gates are so good. They are awesome. <laughs> the first Slayer Gate that I did, it was like two days before release. And I was like, oh, this, that was the, it, it's only like an hour and a half into the game as well. I think it's like the second level, there's a Slayer Gate. And they sort of are like, you should come back to this later. I'm like, <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, and that was an amazing, that was just like, oh yeah, okay, this game is fucking nuts. Yes. Because uh, it's just five minutes of like, 150 bpm heart rate uh and then it's over and it's so good yeah and i want to talk about the slayer gates because they have something in them which some arenas in the game don't have and actually caused my biggest frustration in the entire game interesting uh let's just skip to it um i found some of the arenas in doom eternal to be too small um, the enemies in this huh. game are very aggressive. Some of them are really fast. There was a couple yes. of fast... The snake boys are are the worst. Yes, the, the, some of the bigger lads are so quick. Uh, and I just kept getting stuck. I would have these oh, times where I'd be dashing around and I'd like run into a cyber mancubus and I'd turn around and there'd be another guy and I'd just be stuck. And, you huh. know, some of these big lads take a little while to get down. And I would be yeah. pinched and just stuck in a corner. And I, I had to happen like five to six times where I was just really? wow. I was just completely cramped. I couldn't move. And it was so frustrating because I bet. Doom's about flow. And when you literally can't move, it makes me want to break my keyboard. And the reason I brought up the Slayer Slayer Gates, Slayer Yeah. It's because they do a fantastic job of there's portals everywhere in those arenas. The flow never oh, yeah. stops. And for some reason, some of the arenas in this game just don't seem to have as much options when it comes to moving around. Uh, hmm. Obviously, it sounds like you didn't have this issue, but I just had a couple of times where I was just getting stuck in corners and trapped on a group of enemies because the quantity of enemies in this game is bigger than Doom 2016, which I, I don't mind. I will take a challenge, but some of them are so fucking fast uh, and some of the arenas were so cramped, in my opinion, that I was just getting stuck. Uh, and this problem kind of goes away later on if you hold on to a BFG or if you hold on to uh, a Crucible. Is it called a Crucible, the big old sword? Yeah, the Crucible. If mm -hmm. you have a charge with one of those, then the problem went away for me in the second half. I just didn't encounter it. But the for, ice like, grenade's also pretty good for Yes. They're, they're, that's what I love. Close. I use those like 10 times more than oh, the normal the ice grenade. The ice grenade is so good. But yeah, I just, I just found some of the arenas to feel cramped with the amount of enemies yeah, and the size that they were. And I brought up the Slayer Gates because they always felt so streamlined. They put like six portals all around them and you're just dashing around. You barely even know where you are in those Slayer Gates because it doesn't matter. You're just moving, yeah. moving, moving. Uh, I would have said actually for me that the Slayer Gates were the ones that felt small and cramped, mm. if anything, to me. Well, they and are. I never... But I think I feel like the portals well, yeah. kind of uh, fixed that for me. I think I got stuck. I had that happen where I got sort of surrounded in the first Slayer Gate. I think I had it happen once, and it, but it was only ever in that first Slayer Gate. Mm, I had it, in and the then it second never happened one, to me again. Yeah, uh, and I, yeah, but I, yeah, that's I, I, I didn't have that experience, but I, I totally understand. Yeah, I don't know if there is a possible. way where you could like dash through enemies, kind of from software wise. I think they're kind of too big mm. for that to be a plausible 
They'd be way. pretty broken. I feel you might like, clip you know. into. I don't know. Um, it was just yeah, something that yeah. never happened to me in Doom 2016, and it happened like five or six times in Doom Eternal. And man, oh god! I bet. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> I bet hell, dude! I got so <laughs> pissed off when I got stuck. Jesus Christ! The only times I ever got pissed off in this game was uh, at enemies, which is a, a thing that I mm. like actually, because I because it, it felt you know like a FromSoft game where you're just like oh fuck not these got no not these guys okay all right all right, all right. how guys? do i, how do I deal guys? with you um there's a few well pinky demons still are my bane <laughs> <laughs> i kind of like these guys even though you have the dash now and it's really easy to deal with them they're still they still get me sometimes the snaky boys oh yeah uh, they're fucking annoying whew, they are nasty and then the first two encounters with the marauders i was like Oh, you motherfucker. Oh, yeah. you motherfucker. I'm going to fucking... Bu- and, but then by the third encounter, I was like, all right, you want to party? Let's party. Let's fight Marauder. Come let's, on, bring it. Let's and... talk about the Marauder. <laughs> okay. Let's the Marauder about... feels like a giant middle finger <laughs> so, to everyone, and I love it. Um, I I really, really like the Marauder. I Good. I like that um, this far into the, the franchise, like one and a half games in, they break all the rules. They're like, at this point... um. You are fully capable. You have mostly, uh, most likely, you know, climatized to the new flow of combat, and you're probably back in control playing Doom Eternal. And then yeah. they chuck the Marauder into the mix, and <laughs> he's an put asshole. hunters from Bloodborne into the game. He's a hunter yeah. from Bloodborne, and he's a massive asshole. <laughs> and I really like that they did that. I think the game yeah. needed some, you know, a spanner in the work, something to really mix up the game. And I also think that. Um, it's just nice to have some enemies that are assholes. That's what makes From Software games so memorable. Is you're yeah. not supposed to like every enemy and be like, "Wow, this is fun." Sometimes enemies can just be massive dicks, and you, you know, th- there needs to be something that makes you scared when you're on the battlefield because nothing does near the end of the game. You, yeah, you know, and I can see over. people. I definitely understand the argument of being like, I should never feel afraid because I'm the Doom Marine, and it's like, nah. well, we have a game for you, and it's called Doom 2016 because nah. like. I never ever felt worried about an enemy in Doom 2016 because because it was easy. Yeah. Whereas Eternal, there were like four or five enemies. Same with the um the guy that summons the uh the like enraged versions of oh, the demons. It's, it's like, like the oh, arch, shit, I need arch to... vile or something. Ar- yeah, the arch vile. Yeah, that's him. So um, I will say I don't think they got the Marauder quite right. He okay. feels like. <laughs> this is gonna sound so mean um it feels like playing a souls game made by not from software it feels like a neo yeah. boss <laughs> it feels like a neo yeah. boss fight where it's like i see what you try to do you try to do a from software thing and i i, li- I like it but it's not it's just not quite it's not quite it's right. a, yeah it, yeah I, I i totally get that and i mean that's more because of the fact that from has like this unnatural understanding mm-hmm. of how to make every enemy a bastard yeah uh, and ju- in just the right ways uh that th- everyone yeah. else has failed to to come close to yeah. i think the marauder i think he has a bit too much health um near the end well <sighs> like i clear out the battlefield and i just like the loop of him you know, just his mid-range attack, green, hit him, and hit him, green, hit him. It's just did you know like... You can, you, did you know you can two-cycle him? No. If you if you, if you you get good at the weapon swapping, you super shotgun... And ballista. Uh, 
gauze beam rocket him and oh. that and then he and you get him on the second one and you do that two full cycles of three weapon damage okay. and it, he's dead and he's dead <laughs> and it's fucking amazing i did it once and i was like holy shit just like shit. delete okay. him from the game it was it was really satisfying but like i always got myself into a pretty steady loop with him where you know you're just countering yeah. him over and over and that it would take like eight times to just like counter, yes, yeah, counter, yeah. and most of the time you've cleared the uh, the battlefield except for maybe a few ads, you know, to top yourself yeah. up. So it just it just didn't feel that exciting, and the dog goes down very quickly. I actually like the dog, just to make the, the dog is more, a more annoying. The um, do- yeah, I wish she had maybe like another uh, throw in an owl, yeah. maybe. <laughs> and I think the marauder is just a little bit too quick. Um, he's just he can be very difficult to read, and I think his middle zone could be opened up a little bit because sometimes i swear i'm in the middle ground and he shotguns me and sometimes i swear i'm in the middle ground and he does his projectile and i'm like yeah come on i swear i'm standing in the right and he's moving as well really quickly he is very fast yeah so i'm 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 staying positive i like the marauder i really like that he's in there and i just i don't feel like they got it quite right a couple more tweaks and i think he would have been Mm. a legendary enemy uh, and I've seen, you know, I've been reading the, the Twitters and people on Twitter fucking hate everything anyway. But people, well, yeah, there isn't, there doesn't seem to be the same mentality where a good From Software boss makes you hate them, but you enjoy fighting them. I, I see a lot of people have gone the other way where they just purely hate it in a bad way. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. I, it's probably, this game seems really mean to console people, by the way. This is Oh God, I can't, Christ. I can't imagine playing this game on a controller. It's demanding. I mean, granted... Like, people obviously are insanely good with a controller, mm-hmm. and I'm just, my skills have waned over the years. But yeah, like, it's it's nuts how precise you can and probably should be with your combat yeah. in that game. Um, and, and hot swapping with numbers on the keyboard. Like, you can't, you can't two-cycle the Marauder on a controller. Right, right, right. you can't right, instantly right. swap weapons. Yeah. You know, you can't hit five, three, seven um and shoot each time it really does feel like a game that was made for a mouse keyboard, it really which does yeah to be fair it is called doom um so like <laughs> i i understand that mentality it has a home it exactly yeah um as someone that would regard the first person shooter as the bread and butter genre for myself mm-hmm. it was a pleasure to sort of have a light from software-esque experience yeah. with a first-person shooter, where it right. feels like every enemy has been really specifically fine-tuned uh, to to be to have a role, right? And mm-hmm. specific weaknesses. That was a big thing. That like the reason the review was so long is because I was talking about why the combat was so good, which I feel like we haven't really done yet. Which oh, yeah. is fair. I mean, there's lots of other things to talk about, but the 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 balance of like how quickly you run out of ammo, how much damage you take from enemies how every enemy has specific weaknesses and weak points and is like long range and close range capable uh it's it's just such a it was such a pleasure yeah. <laughs> to play that game from stop start to finish i will say uh, and so, sorry you go yeah oh, well I, I every combat encounter in that game uh, i i had to choose when i was going to play doom strategically because if i if it was like too late in the day, yes. I would be wired for way too long yeah. because it feels like you're just like injecting coffee right into your bloodstream when you have to pl- to play that game because it's I felt 
I would just get so wired after playing it where I need to go like stare at the ceiling for an hour to just calm <laughs> was, down and turn my brain off. I was the off. opposite. I had to be wired to play the game. Like I could not play it at night just because I was sloppy. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't feel like I'm good right now because it's two in the morning and I'm not doing the best. The reason it took me so mm-hmm. long to beat it was because it was my morning game. I would play it after right, a cup of coffee. Right after coffee. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the one thing I was going to say I, I, is yeah. uh, there's been like a lot of complaints about the ammo stuff. I I hmm. never had a problem with ammo in this game. No, it's called uh, the chainsaw. Yeah, and they give they're really generous with chainsaw uh, ammo. Sometimes yeah. I would. It like... recharges to one pip, so you can always kill the, oh, the zombie. I did not know that. Yeah, because yeah. I'd always they run say that up right to... at the beginning of the game, and it's oh. sort of easy to forget about. Yeah, because there would, there would be times where there would be uh, chainsaw ammo on the floor, and I just couldn't pick it up because I was full. Like it, it's yeah. very generous with chainsaw ammo. And once I got into the flow of chainsawing ads, like literally every 10 to 15 seconds or more, uh, yeah. Sorry, yeah, or more, uh, no you issues. run out of ammo. No. Yeah. I think the only I thing I got chainsaw. sloppy with is um, shield. I think shield was the only thing I could. I was sometimes sloppy with in combat, but when it came to ammo, uh, I was pretty topped up. Well, let me tell you, it's very easy to stay max shield when you get the masterwork on the super shotgun where you light an enemy on fire when you meat hook them Yeah. Uh, so that they that. drop armor. Oh, that uh, gives you armor. Yes. Oh, I so got you, just, the game. you just attach them and fly right into their face and blow, you know, make oh, them explode and get 50 you armor. armor instantly. Yeah. Yeah. It's I like the, the flame belt here. I, th- I think it's really satisfying uh, and it's a nice, yeah. you know, another cog to put into combat to think about. Yeah. And, and I was going to say, I love the chainsaw and the glory kills in this game, partially because you, you have to use them much more. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in 2016, I, I, you know, you'd chainsaw it like once in an encounter and I would even rarely do glory kills because you just have so much more health and health items on the ground. Um, but I love them, especially in this game because both of them, but especially the chainsaw, they let your brain take a breath uh, yeah. in the combat. Oh yeah. Where yeah. You're like, and you're making, you know, you're doing your thousand micro decisions, but shoot, shoot, shoot. Blah, 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 and then chainsaw. And you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. I remember. Uh, I remember What's my next move. And you go, <laughs> I remember correct. seeing the room where it was like uh, the rune when it, where it was like speed up glory kills. And I was like, no fucking way, dude. I love the slow yeah. glory kills. I don't want to speed that up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really nice to have that up and down constantly in combat where you're just like, you're at a thousand miles an hour. And then you, you just <gasps> chainsaw and we're back. Okay. And then you get right back into the combat. Uh, and it, that, that combat loop never, never stopped being amazing. To yeah. Me. Um, so I, th- do, okay. do you want to talk, talk more about combat? Cause I do have some miscellaneous things I didn't really like about the game. Or do you want uh, to? Sure. That? Yeah. Go. I, I, oh, 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 you mean non-related to combat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good to move on to miscellaneous complaints. Cause I, I do have a few that I, I, I wanted to mention. So yeah. this is really nitpicky. Uh, mm-hmm. But while we're on the topic of the runes, uh, I was kind of disappointed. <laughs> this is so specific. I was disappointed in the in the mid-air slowdown rune. Cause, oh, that one sucks. Yeah. Because I was like, this sounds really cool. But while you're while you're activating it, you can't let you can't activate a charge up attack with like the basilisk, the ba- no, ballista. Yeah. Basilisk is a yeah. giant snake. <laughs> the basilisk. <laughs> the ballista. Uh, and the ballista's awesome. And I also like use a lot of the hold down right click things and it doesn't work if you activate slow-mo yeah. before that. Um, really small nitpick, but I you was know like... Why? You're gone. I didn't like that rune either, but you know why I didn't like it? It's because it slowed the combat down and I never wanted to do that. Yeah, and it, it, it just wasn't controllable enough. 
Like, I don't always want to slow yeah. down combat, but I love the idea of occasionally, like, diving through the air, slow motioning uh, something. That feels like a really handy thing for consoles uh, <laughs> well, as yeah, well. Just say it, all right. I, I, was, I thought you were going to say, I missed the rune challenges to get the runes from 2016, where you have the little the little goofy oh, challenge yeah. that you have to do to get the rune. I sort of missed that. Um, okay. But I, I, I also forgot it existed until just now, so I guess I didn't miss it that much. Yeah. Um, Continue, um, yes, please. Another one is... I really liked... I don't know what to call whatever they were. I would call them the orbs. Um, you know, haste, oh, yeah, the double damage. Yeah. I really love those in Doom 2016. And they are pretty infrequent in Doom Eternal. And also, I don't yeah. have a fucking clue what any of them did. <laughs> like the blue they're one all the same. and the yellow they're all the one. They're the same, yeah. I was just like picking them up. The yellow one up. is haste. Okay. The blue one is heal. Uh, full, like it f- heals you fully. The purple one is quad damage. And the red one is berserk. Just I feel like, like I game, used yeah. quad damage once in the entire game. There was a few times where they were reasonably tucked away. Yes. And so I would do the whole combat encounter and then find them. And I'm like, why are you hiding this <laughs> thing? Just like it, in Doom 2016, it was part of the combat. And the encounter would be designed entirely around the orb being there. Like I remember yeah. when you first meet the pinkies, they put a haste there so you can run around and easily shoot them in the tail. And when they put in a bunch of uh, big boys, they would put in uh, one uh, double damage or quad damage, whatever it's called, quad yeah. damage. Uh, and then you see it and you strategically think, okay, I'm going to save this kind of like you do with BFG ammo. When am I going to jump into yeah. this orb? And I just like, I missed those. They weren't as frequent and they were kind of tucked away. And I don't know. It was just, they kind of felt like was, an afterthought. I, I, I mentioned them in the, in the review and I was actually glad that they were so infrequent because I mm. thought it was, they were part of the problem with the back half of that game of the last game where it just got so easy. Cause like, I felt like, especially the last, like two missions in doom 2016 it feels like every other combat encounter has uh, a power-up in it that just makes the combat you just be like all right i'm just gonna berserk and kill yeah, every single but it's, enemy it's just variety and, though to me yeah i didn't i didn't i was glad that they were so rare i you know i totally get uh missing them but i was glad that they were rare because it meant i just kept engaging with the combat yeah <laughs> exactly as it has had been throughout the whole game um but yeah it, i it almost feels like they should have just not put them in because yeah, I feel sure. like each of them show up once, maybe twice at best. Yes. Like, I feel like Haste was the one that I saw the most and it was maybe three times in the whole game. I think I had Berserk uh, once, I think. Yeah, I only remember Berserk once unless I missed it. Berserk but. was so fun. I love ripping shit up with yeah. my hands. I wanted more Berserk. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, another nitpick because this mechanic isn't mm-hmm. in the game for long. But there's a couple of early levels where there is this purple goo where you can't jump or move, uh, and it fucking sucks. And I don't know what the yeah, hell they were thinking about putting that purple goo in the game. Um, it's in, like, just the one mission, I think, right? The the arc complex mission. Maybe. One I, or two. It might be one. Oh, oh, and the super gore nest, I think it shows up in one area. Yeah, I just, like, what the fuck yeah, was that? that? I don't know. I, yeah, God, I it was it. weird that it was there. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It's not. It's not there a lot. It's just a just a little nitpick I had written down. Just a little. Down. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where like this sort of goes against all of the rules of the combat mm-hmm. of like mobility, and it's strange that it was there. Yeah, I mean, I get it. You're, you, they want you to like sort of skate around all that stuff, but it was just sort of annoying. Maybe it was like to encourage. Wait, could you dash in the goo? I can't remember. Mm, yes, but it didn't work as well, okay. I think. I don't know. It's just yeah. like there was there's that one section where there's a bunch of tentacles and you can't jump and it's just it's so fucking annoying. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I th I thought the encounters in Doom Eternal didn't feel as meticulously placed or designed as Doom 2016. I I have some like hmm. really memorable encounters in Doom 2016. There was the Pinky Haste encounter. Uh, I have this really vivid memory of where you're in this room with a bunch of containers and it just spawns imps, like tons and tons <laughs> yeah. of imps for like 10 minutes straight and you're just trying to get away from these scratchy boys. And Doom Eternal encounters, while I love them, it just felt a little bit more like a big arena with a shit ton of enemies and you got to get through it. Hmm, interesting. They yeah. just wasn't I, I, a huge I would say amount. that uh, that's how I felt about both the games, really. I just, felt, just... I just remember more Doom 2016 encounters being a bit more specific and memorable. Uh, yeah. and a lot of Doom Eternal just kind of felt like here's a fuck ton of enemies rip through them. And I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy doing that in Doom Eternal. It mm -hmm. just felt sometimes like one of those arena DLCs challenges where it's like, good fucking luck. Yeah. Uh, rather than, I don't know, like a... Uh, a distinct arena with a clear vision of how they want it to play out. If that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There were a few more like uh, gimmick encounters almost in the first game mm -hmm. where, where yes. yeah, yeah, where, like the pinkies in haste and the um, the BFG when when you get the BFG for the first time, there's like you know a hundred imps yeah. standing in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There were a few of those now that I'm remembering. Yeah. My uh, my memory isn't quite as fresh with Doom 2016. Mm -hmm combat wise because i only played i love that game i mean i replayed the first half last summer and then finished it off like a month or two ago mm. but the back half of that game is just giant endless combat arenas uh and the last thing the last thing i want to talk about uh just just before i go into the last thing i just want to say the music in this game was just as amazing in doom as oh, in doom so 2016 good. um and also uh, like you said at the beginning the environmental variance is amazing and just the, oh, just the yeah. detail in the environments. They look so good in Doom Eternal. I love just... I know it ruins the flow, but I was just standing there looking around for a large portion of the game. It looks so bright. Uh, even though it's like horrible at times, it's like it's so vibrant, and I just love how it looks. I'm a big fan of the sort of shift in art direction to a more sort of ridiculous and bright yeah. and colorful world. Because uh, 2016 is just science laboratories and desert hell. hell. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, they they really uh, upped the ante with the art. Yes, in this game. massively. Yeah. Uh, so it's my really my impressive. last complaint about the game is yeah. um just the story stuff. Yeah, I'm glad. Okay, that's a good transition. So point. I started the game reading all the notes. Got to give it another go, <laughs> and I just um I just found them to be a bit self serious. The notes. It felt like reading a bunch of like Norse mythology bullshit, and I had I just didn't know what the hell they were on about, and I just didn't find them that funny, so I just stopped reading them pretty early on, and then because yeah. I wasn't reading them, I didn't have a fucking clue what was going on. Uh, uh, well, I read all the lore because I'm a goofball, yeah, yeah. and I also had no idea what was going on. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. that's not entirely. I mean, I could. They, you know, that's not true. I mean, I, yeah. I could explain to a degree what happened. There's like a but second it, it, force and it's joined up with hell and they make this energy by, you know, by taking people off earth and, you know, that they're like a... Yeah, the hell energy fuels heaven, basically. Yes, that's that's the game. Argent enemy. And there's two different factions. And I, I just, it just wasn't that clear. I didn't know what the hell was going on. Again, it doesn't matter. Yeah doesn't matter to me it's doom i'm there for one thing and that's to rip shit up so i didn't really care but it felt like the game was trying so it kind of felt a bit more i felt more guilty not understanding doom 20 um 
uh, Doom Eternal than I did in Doom 2016. Because Doom 2016 yeah, I think... is very focused, and Doom Eternal feels like it's trying to tell me like quite a not ambitious, but there's stuff, there's some fantasy stuff going on, and I had no idea yeah. what it was trying to say. I think it's sort of like um, an interesting conundrum that they were sort of always going to be stuck with to a degree, and I think a lot of it is like you go to these environments which they wanted to build you know much more crazy and imaginative environments and then you're like well why are you going to these environments so then they have to come up with stuff you know an explanation yeah and if the environments had just been like you're on earth and you're in hell back and forth i feel like you wouldn't have really thought about the story nearly as much as when you go to like weird mystical heaven fantasy world <laughs> yeah and you're like what the fuck is going on with the story and then you go to look into the story and you're like well this side huh <laughs> it's yeah. like a 12 part novel about the sentinel history and yes. i'm just like i read it all and i'm like oh my god this is exhausting <laughs> um so it's sort yeah. of like a double-edged like they made the art more interesting which meant they had to make the story more elaborate which then and you sort of go from looking at the environment to looking at the story and you're like, huh? Uh, it's, yeah. The the story stuff is probably the worst part of Doom Eternal, mm -hmm. which is fine because it's not a Naughty Dog game. Yeah. Um, but it is a disappointment because 2016 really, really nailed it in a way that like, very little stuff is able to nail this balance between self-serious and goofy. Yeah. And, um, and I mean, the, like, the main plot of both games is fairly self-serious. Like, in 2016, it's, you know, crazy lady wants to unleash hell and, and Optimus Prime is saying, no, don't do that. I'm a robot man. And, and you're like, okay, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's a serious story. But then all the peripheral stuff is where the goofiness comes in and like the codex entries in, uh, that described the enemies in the last game were like really, they were, they were like so much better than eternal. The first page of a, of an enemy description would be like a very straightforward and self-serious and then you would unlock a second and third entry that would just get like progressively goofier and 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 just the way that like they sort of said no to traditional storytelling from first person shooters you know where doom guy just like throws the monitor out of the face yeah. while Samuel Hayden is exp expository uh, expository dialoguing at him and uh and yeah just that that balancing of tone alongside with very pushed aside storytelling in 2016 was really refreshing yeah and really uh and, and like masterfully done to to a degree where you're like i sort of knew that they were never going to get it right again because it's one of those things where it's just it just feels it almost feels accidental mm -hmm. and and I sort of always expected Eternal to be a letdown in that department because, because 2016 sort of caught on so much and became so legendary and, and a lot of the good parts of the storytelling sort of became like a bit of a meme, you know, with like the rip and tear stuff and the whole intro and, um, you know, they, they became very famous and like revered by the community, the, those moments, yeah, uh, like punching the monitor and... I sort of expected them to always do what most sequels do to a, a where the first one is sort of tame 
and the creators aren't sure of themselves and the audience catches on and loves it, the sequels are always sort of a misstep where they're like, let's just double down on all the stuff that the pe- the internet likes. And, and then you get Doom Eternal where like the, they have, it, this is mainly just the tone stuff really. It's just like Doom Eternal, like it's just not very funny. Mm-hmm. It doesn't balance the humor well. Like the, the like UAC blue hologram lady dialogue yes. is like actively bad um there's like tw- there were like two of her things that i thought were funny and then the rest of them are just like please shut up <laughs> um and then and then they undid sort of their design decisions and said like we're gonna make the story more present and traditionally told and it's still not a big part of it you know you get like a 30 second cutscene at the beginning and end of every level but there are cutscenes there in a way that there weren't in the last game and it, it was definitely just sort of a letdown but it's like oh well whatever yeah i wasn't yeah, here yeah. for the story but i i it was a disappointment regardless mm-hmm. uh, yeah i agree which is too bad um, i think i think the one mission where they absolutely nail everything about the storytelling and tone is the bfg 10,000 yes, mission that's so good the 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 build up to that mission where it's like you can't just yada 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 and then the you know vega's like we're just gonna do that and then the you know, Doom guy intimidating everyone, and the fact that they have a fucking BFG ten thousand. Uh, that whole mission is like perfect Doom humor and storytelling, yes. and the rest of that game it is is comparatively not very good. Uh, yeah, it would have been nice to have more of those moments because it was like really theatrical and cinematic yeah. and giant and yeah. big, and I really enjoyed that stuff. Yeah. Um, just a couple but, of I was going to list off just some more positives to finish uh, off. Okay, well let me let me list my few negatives that sure. I I wished I had mentioned sure. uh, before we end on a positive note because Doom Eternal is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually kind of dislike that they just so blatantly sh- tell you what the weak points are. Yes, that was interesting. I uh, it's it's just like. Let me just figure that out because it's not it's not complicated for any of them. Yeah, right? like it's like the Arachnatron has a giant gun on its head. Shoot it, and you know, like it would have taken me the first encounter, and I would have learned mm-hmm. that, and it would have felt like more like I was discovering them. Yeah. And and I also like when a game like Horizon Zero Dawn, where it's like you fight the boss or you fight an enemy, you can sort of figure out what the weak points are. But then once you fought them, you go into the journal and you see like ah oh, yes okay they're weak to this, and then you. It sort of feels more natural. And because this game has the weak point explanations in the codex after you fought them. Mm-hmm. And more and more detail is added the more you fight them. And it just felt weird that they're just like, here's how you do it. Yeah. And it was the same for the like bosses, which there aren't really any. The bosses in this game are just sort of mediocre compared to the last game mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Uh, I liked the boss fights in the last game. And this one, they're just sort of like. I mean, they're just mini bosses, really, until the last two, which are both just like basic boss fights. Shoot a giant thing, yeah. But but it just was weird where it's like, the gladiator, you know, this is exactly how he works for this boss fight. I was about to say, I had the pop-up for the gladiator happen before I got in the arena. And I and I clicked on it, and it just showed me the gladiator, like his, his, like, what do you call the index thing, his codex. And I was like, wait, I haven't even got to the fight yet. I want to see him in this fucking cinematic. And now we see what That's it looks funny. like. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I I 
I don't like being told. I, I would much rather have just been have it discovered for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, small thing. Um, another small thing. I I miss. Uh, Eternal is much more video gamey, mm-hmm. uh, which I am okay with because I. I too many games often are are trying to be too cinematic and you know seamless and all this shit and I I'm totally fine with Eternal being more video gamey but I did like in 2016 how they would incorporate really seamlessly uh, upgrades into the world where it would be like when you get the 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 double jump you know you're discovering a pair of boots in a laboratory and putting the boots on when you get a gun it's a, a marine is holding the machine right, gun, and right. you pick the gun up from the marine. Whereas in this, you get the machine gun because it's a giant green machine gun floating in midair, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just like now you have a machine gun, and it, it's like such a small thing. And and I think that change completely works for what Doom Eternal is as a whole. And it, but I, there are like one or two times where you do seamlessly get something new, like when you get the super shotgun, um, yeah, or the BFG. Uh, and I, I missed, I, I always like that in a game where you just seamlessly discover something in the world and it becomes part of your arsenal. Mm. Um, uh, the last two, which are very mildly spoilerish, um, very, very mild though. I, the Unmaker was not good. Unmaker. The thing, the thing you get for beating all the Slayer Gates, the alternate right. BFG. Uh, I kind mod. of liked playing around with it for a little bit. I think if it just like sounded better, I might have liked it more. Like it seems like the DPS is pretty good, but it's just kind of like, yeah, and it was just kind of like a a bit of a slightly disappointing payoff uh, because it looks really cool and you're slowly unlocking it. Yeah, yeah, the BFG is just way better. Mm -hmm. Um, The last one setup. I don't know if I should blame myself or the game. It felt like they were showing it in a way and setting things up in a way that my brain sort of expected this to happen. They put a giant fucking Doom Slayer Jaeger machine in your sick space fortress. Oh, right, right, right. And you don't use it. Yeah. <laughs> I was pissed. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, maybe that's DLC, though. There are going to be two DLC okay. expansions. Um one thing I, I thought it was funny that they that they built such a blatant Jaeger because I guess Hugo Martin prior to working at it he was a uh, he worked in film and and like was one of the main designers of the Jaegers from Pacific Rim, mm-hmm. oh. uh, which yeah. I didn't realize. And so to see that, I was like, wow, they're just doing Pacific Rim now in Doom, and because those things are all over that game as well, like they're like frozen off in the in the skyboxes, yeah, uh, and they look really fucking cool, and I wanted. But, you know, you got to say something for the third game. I get it. I get it. I, yeah. You know, you just better pay it off, id. Uh, one thing you reminded me of is, uh, again, this is a minor spoiler, but um, there is a section in the game where you play as a revenant, uh, which which <laughs> yeah. is obviously like a little little bit of advertising for their multiplayer mode, which I get. Right. But yes. I, yeah. it happened once and I was like, that was a fun little side thing to do for a couple of minutes and then just never do it again. And uh, yeah. it's weird that it just happens that once. And I, I was like, this would be a nice pacing thing where there's like a no stakes uh, mini combat section where you get to possess all the monsters, all the demons you can possess in the multiplayer mode, which I assume there was more than the Revenant. Yeah, it would have been clever because the ones that you can play in the multiplayer, uh, it's the Revenant, Mancubus, Marauder, and... Oh, the Marauder, that's cool. And the Caco Demon. Oh, yeah, I would have liked to just try all those four out. 
because I don't really. Yeah, so want I think to it's play. only those four. Which, so you know, you add three more sections. It would have, yeah, it would have been a smart uh, little mini training for the. Yeah, uh, advertisement for the mode, some pacing, a pacing mechanic, just a small thing. Yeah, yeah, it was just a strange one-off, but. Uh, um, and also, uh, let's go the negatives out of the way. Um, I really did enjoy the entire last level of Doom Eternal. They turned everything up to eleven, and it just never let yeah. up, and I absolutely loved it. Um, for some reason, it might have been me being inefficient, but I found the second phase of the last boss to really go on for a long time. I don't know if I was just being mm. bad, but I was just in the cycle of, you know, chainsaw to stay alive, shoot, shoot, shoot. He just had a lot of health. And by the end of it, I was like, oof, I, yeah. I never want to do this on Nightmare because it takes me so fucking long that I don't want to have to go through this again. And, you know, I was playing on Hurt yeah. Me Plenty, so I didn't die. But Jesus Christ, yeah. it went on. I think just the the that boss fight in general is just not very interesting. You yeah. just you just shoot him. Um whatever. Also, uh, uh I don't I don't really know if I like the buff totems and the arch veils just because I was like fucking diving around the the battlefield, like where is this thing? Like I just wanna get yeah. rid of it so I can get back. I just I just found them. They're sort of redundant, I felt like. I, yeah. I like the, again, it's kind of like the Marauder, where I like the idea of the Archville, like someone really scary that summons a bunch of shit and you've got to get rid of him first. But like, I yeah. just, his big old shield was really annoying, so you just like get behind him and he's not doing anything. I just kind of found buff totems and the Archville just like a little bit, yeah. uh, I don't know, they were just a bit annoying. A little meh, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that they don't show up much. Mm -hmm. There's like, you know, three totems and, you know, five arch vials or something yeah. that's about it yeah uh, but let's quickly go into um, some positives to end off on a you know because i feel like yeah. i've said a bunch of negatives and it's mainly because the biggest positive of the game is the combat which is 80 percent of the game yeah. it just doesn't sound like i've been praising it that much because i'm mostly nitpicking and the main core of the game i really really enjoy uh, but some more positives uh, i love the new repertoire of weapons uh, the arsenal you have in this game is really fun you have the two versions of the BFG, and even though the, the core BFG is better, I still enjoyed using the Unmaker a little bit to mix things up, and the Crucible is fucking awesome. Love the Crucible. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I love the, the uh, I don't know what his castle's called, the Doom Base. Oh yeah, the uh, the Fortress of Doom. That's it. I like it. That's fun. It's a nice... So much fun personality. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a nice thing. like chill yeah. Moment, a bit of respite, a cooldown, slowly unlocking yeah. things, which are, you know, I wish there was some better rewards behind those doors, except for like more suit tokens, which you don't really need. But apart from that, yeah, it was, yeah, it was cool. I like the Doom Fortress, I really liked it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love his room with like the guitars yeah. and the weapons and the toys and the stupid giant gaming monitors, and <laughs> it's very silly. Yeah, <laughs> I think the only complaint I have about the Doom Fortress is. The the Ripatorium is so far away that I never used it because I couldn't be fucking bothered to yeah. go down there. And it, it forces yeah. you to use a lift when you could just jump down there. I'm like, I'm not getting on that lift. I would have liked to see... Um, I, I can see them expand. I would hope they expand on the Ripatorium mm -hmm. more in the future. Because it's, it's... Yeah, the combat's good and the, having something... Some reason to go back to it would be neat, mm -hmm. I think. So my conclusion, my overall thoughts of Doom Eternal... I am, I if we have to pick a side, I am going to say that I like Doom 2016 more than I liked Doom Eternal. That's fair. Um, For me, I would regard both of them as equals in different ways, mm -hmm. I would say. Like, I think they live beside each other very well. Yeah. And, 
And but yeah, if and if I was forced to choose between them, I would pick Eternal every day of the week. <laughs> um, but I I think both games are amazing, and both games offer slightly they offer different experiences oh, yeah. really well. Yeah, yeah. I just had a more fluent and seamless fun time with 2016 than I did with Eternal. There was just a couple of roadblocks for me with Eternal. And uh, not necessarily talking about the intro. I actually overall came to appreciate the learning curve that I had to go through at the beginning. It's more just, you know, I had some issues with getting stuck in combat. I didn't like some of the aspects of blah, blah, blah. And I just didn't really have that with 2016. My memories of 2016 are so pure. It's just almost perfection for me, 2016. Uh, and the only thing I could ask from 2016 is just a bit more variety in certain sections. But the stuff that is in there, I almost have no complaints about. And with Doom Eternal, I, you know, I, I had a couple of roadblocks that ruined the flow for me. Uh, and that's something I kind of value quite a lot in Doom. So, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm on, I'm on Team 2016, but uh, really, really loved Doom Eternal. You know, a couple of issues here and there, uh, which I wish weren't there, because I think I would have had a better time if they weren't there. But the evolution of the combat uh, worked for me. I know it didn't work for some people. Yeah. Uh, but it took me a little while, but I connected with it, and I had a good ripping time. It extremely worked for me, and I love nice. it. I love the combat in that game. Mm. The flow worked for me nonstop. Like from, from like I said, from like five minutes into the first level, I was I was on board, and I never felt like I got interrupted or lost it throughout the entire game. Yeah. which was really, it was really nice uh, to play, to have that experience. I think it's it's I, personality based as well because I'm not much oh, of yeah. a try hard guy. Not calling you a sweaty boy, but you know me. I just don't really like trying hard in games. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah, and I I like I said also like first person shooters are the ones that I play the most, mm-hmm. and the way that you enjoy a, a stressful. FromSoft game, like it's nice for me to play a first-person shooter yeah. that is asking me to be a hundred percent on the on my game right. the entire time. Yeah, and that uh, is and not really my type of thing. Yeah, so because I kind of yeah, there was a bit of sourness about not being able to just jump into Doom at two a.m. without being like, oh, I just I'm tired. I don't feel good at the game. Yeah, but I I appreciate that they at least took the sequel in a different direction and didn't just make it a giant expansion yeah. pack. It might have split Definitely. the community in a small way, uh, but I think that's a good way to treat a sequel, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and I think, yeah, I, most first-person shooters to me feel too easy, mm-hmm. and and I don't like like you can turn the difficulty up, but it never feels. It's just like oh, the enemies just hit like seven times harder. Yes, and it's not engaging. Yeah, um, whereas. Doom Eternal felt like I yeah it was nice to play a first person shooter where it just felt like I had to be uh moving at 100 miles an hour the mm. entire time. And they they commit and to that I, by the way because I oh, went yeah. from ultra violence down to hurt me plenty and it changed mm-hmm. nothing by the way. It changes nothing. Yeah. You just take You just take more you just take more damage yeah. in um in the higher difficulty. And I that's even played you, on the lowest difficulty when I left one of the collectibles at the end of the level. I completely missed one oh, and yeah. I was like fuck's sake. I'm just going to put it down to the easiest difficulty and run through the level. And it's still the same game. Those enemies are all over you like a bad rash and you still got to... You, you even can't be that sloppy in that mode. You, you still have to, you know, yeah. you, have, you have to be a little bit on. So yeah, I can understand I love. I, I, I'm... why people are, you know, maybe a bit annoyed because there is no escaping what they want you to do in that game. For sure, yeah. But, but I think... 
I, I was glad to listen to a few of the um, the interviews with Hugo Martin and uh, Marty Stratton. That sounds right. Marty Stratton Marty. I think is the other guy's name. Um, where they were talking about how you know 2016, they as game designers felt sort of annoyed with some of the failings of 2016 that they regarded as failings. Mm-hmm. In, in that they would see people just you know steamrolling through the game with with these different with like the same three weapons and right and how the last third is just like sort of lazy combat design like combat encounters that are really easy to sort of knock out and i i was glad to have watched those because you it it definitely gives you a sense of what they wanted to accomplish with eternal and i think that they for me absolutely nailed it and Mm -hmm. uh and i i I had an absolutely fucking amazing time playing this game, and I did too. Uh, and I'm very, I'm very happy with it. Very, very yeah, happy. I had a really great time, about eighty to seventy-five percent of the time, which is good. Yeah, that's pretty good. I had a very yeah. good time. Hmm. That was a long Doom chat. I'm sort of surprised. Yeah, me too. Maybe I'm not surprised. I don't know. I feel like the games that we like a lot, we talk a long time about. Yeah, or, and also there or was in just some ca- in more going a few on. cases, you know. Like Death Stranding, you know, it's maybe a bit of a confused, you know, long babbling conversation. I think there was just more going on in Doom Eternal than I expected. Yeah. If it would just been 2016 with more stuff, it would have been a pretty short review. Yeah, and I think, you know, we would have said, it's very good. Yeah. Uh, and But it, I think we would have said, like, yeah, it's... um. It's more Doom. More and, Doom, that's good. You know, Doom 2016 was really good. I, one thing I also mentioned in a review that I, I forgot to mention. <laughs> Sorry. What? I was just watching Doc, and he just playing Overwatch, and he pushed himself off the map with his shotgun. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> playing Ash. Sorry, yeah, you got it. Um, 2016 also had the advantage of being an amazing surprise. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. That's true. And and this, the surprise aspect really, it, it, it does add... A lot to the sort of long-term memory of a game. I Absolutely, think. yeah. Um, that's part of it for me. Like Horizon, you know, you look at Horizon Zero Dawn, and, and I think that's another one of those games where it's like, wow, I I am I was shocked. And God of War, yeah. Game. And and God of War to to yeah, and and Doom 2016 was was one of those. You know, when we they didn't send out review copies, and you and I were like, you know, if there were some whisperings going on, like an hour after Doom came out on Steam, the, some people were like, oh, this game might be really good, and then we sort of hesitantly bought it and started playing it, and it was like, oh. Yes. <laughs> oh, Doom <clears throat> is incredible. I, I um, wish expectations didn't affect games, but unfortunately they kind of do a little no, bit. I, yeah, I mean, that's that's that's... All art is that way. Yes. Expectations and life and experience have huge effect on the way you you interpret things. And you can't really do much about that. It just happens. No. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. Though I do wish, you know, yeah, I wish there was a way to just, like, <laughs> forget, you know, or, or, or <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, if, you, if you wanted to doom Eternal in the same circumstances as 2016, mm. where if... if Let's say if Doom 2016 hadn't come out and Doom Eternal was the game that released, it would not have. It would still have been uh, hugely. I think it would have been an amazing game and regarded very highly. But 2016 is a better surprise in how it's designed as well, and like like the presentation and the story stuff in 2016 is so much better than Eternal. Even like the first 15 minutes of Eternal compared to 2016, it's like 2016 is a masterpiece and Eternal is just sort of a, almost a little messy, in fact. Mm-hmm. And I think 
under the same circumstances, Eternal would not have hit the way that 2016 did. Mm, interesting. I think. I wonder how Doom Eternal is for people who have never played Doom. Like, is it more difficult? I, yeah, I, I wonder. I wonder. I wonder how Doom Eternal is for a lot of people who aren't very good at games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <clears throat> not naming names. Because no. I, I actually do know how it is for those people, and it sounds like it's bad. <laughs> because they're bad. Which, you know. Suck to suck, dude. I ain't surprised. It sucks to suck. You're like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get fucked. <laughs> you should definitely include that little part in the official review. Oh, I will. <laughs> All right. So, uh, it's time for Half-Life Alex, and we have got our friend Ben in. Hello, Ben. Hey, guys. How's it going? Going well, dude. Going well. So, where the fuck do you start with Half-Life Alex? They I mean, made a new Half-Life game yeah, after 13 did, years did and it's thing, VR yeah. only. Yeah, I remember we were actually recording some Modern Warfare something when the, oh, when yeah, the news we broke. And I'll be honest, I didn't really care that much. Um, I don't know what's yeah. happened to me, but I've been... because you're miserable. Yeah, I've been on the yeah. VR train since the yeah. developer kit 2. I was, yeah. And I, 2014 is when I bought that thing. Yeah, and I have become a really cynical old man when it comes to virtual reality. Even though at the beginning I yeah. was a fanatic. I was so excited. And I think everyone has a virtual reality honeymoon period. But I... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got really sour on VR. And I, I think the format as a whole has really kind of disappointed me in its potential. And I started to get a little bit negative about just how, how far you could take it. And I think it's because I'd never had any luck with like natural movement in VR, like walking around using the analog mm. stick. It always made me want to want to vomit. So I was like, well, if you can't do that without people feeling sick, then you're kind of limited to these very specific circumstances. Like I really loved Lone Echo, which is a zero gravity game. So it works because your feet aren't on the ground. So it doesn't make me want to vomit. Uh, and Super Hot, where you're teleporting around. So I was just a bit negative about the format of VR working in just a normal-ish video game. Does that make any sense? Like where you're moving around yeah. and you're shooting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was also like at a phase where I was pretty uninterested in VR as well because, I mean, I've been on I, I I've been on the train as long as you have. Um, yeah, a bit longer. Got that. Yeah, technically a couple months longer, and um, since. August of 2018, I have not played a VR game. Yeah. Been VRless. Uh, I had the headset for another full year after that before giving it to Ben, selling it to Ben. And um, in that year that I didn't, I, I literally didn't even have it hooked up. And then I, another nine months passed since last August when I, I sent that to you. And I was just like, yeah, uh, VR, the problem for me with VR was that um, there were no compelling games. <clears throat> There were no games experiences as a whole that were interesting enough to me to even bother plugging my headset in, um, which is unfortunate, but it's just sort of the way that VR development has gone. You know, there was, there was an initial rush. There were a couple of good games. Um, after a lot years of, a lot of, of demos, yep, after of years examples. of tech demos, there were like a couple of good games and then everyone uh, realized they made no money from making their VR games mm -hmm. because the barrier to entry is obscene. And uh, yep. the last two, 
three, I would say the last three years, it's just been real boring yeah. uh, for VR, um, which is a shame. Yeah. yeah. But Half-Life Alex is mostly not boring. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Huh. huh. That took a weird kind of... <laughs> I don't know. That took a... You said there was a word in there that you said that yeah. was interesting to me. And I wanted... I think Joe and I are kind of on the same kind of this is, page. Is you know what I mean? This is going to be an interesting well, talk because and, I, mm-hmm. I kind of thought Half-Life Alex was like the best thing ever. <laughs> I mean, Half-Life Alex is very fucking I good. I really liked Half-Life Alex. I did too. I did too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, no, no, I, I, I think we're all more or less in agreement here that Half-Life Alex is a, uh, a wow. high quality experience. I think. Oof, a doof, a doof. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Ben, uh, would it, yeah. ben echoes that sentiment. Yeah. yeah. Certainly. I, I mean, I, I have things to say, but who's starting? I don't know. <laughs> Let's dance. Let's dance, boys. Let's dance. Uh, I'll talk for. I'll go. I'll go. Do it. I'll How does this compare to toes. Gorn? <laughs> so. When we look at the two kind of benchmark VR experiences, by the way, yeah. So my experience with the VR thus far mostly centered around uh, Gorn uh, (laughs) and uh, mm, a little bit of Beat Saber, but mostly Gorn (laughs) for sure. Um, For nine months, nine months of Gorn. Talked about Asgard's Wrath a little bit at one point, but that was just a that was just a lapse. You know what I mean? That was a breather (laughs) from Gorn. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So um, can we just talk about Gorn instead of Half-Life? Sure, yeah. That's more cultural relevance right now. Yeah. Um, So if you're unfamiliar with Gorn, please go look it up and you'll understand why. Uh, Why? I'll put a little (laughs) clip of the trailer in it. Yeah, for sure. People will understand immediately. Um, so so Half-Life's a little bit of a slower pace than mm-hmm. Gorn. We slow things down a bit, and there's characters who talk a little more than they do in Gorn. As well. <laughs> it's probably a little more than but they the... need to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'd never played a Half-Life. No, I'm just joking. So I've played all the Half-Life games uh, leading up until this point. Uh, so this like this was obviously very a lot of excitement, but of course a lot of trepidation. Mm-hmm. Not to interrupt, uh, but I, will, I just want to also get everyone... So yeah, we, um, um, yeah, interrupt away. Uh, I, I would say, I think I can speak for all of us and say that none of us are like desperate Half-Life fans. Uh, I think I, there mm, are, I think Joe, I'm a, I, I don't know where Ben falls on Half-Life. I'm a big that, Half-Life fan. So maybe we just establish that as well. I'm a large Half-Life fan. I love, okay. I love Half-Life. First, first modern PC game I ever played was Half-Life 2. Uh, I bought a disc, slid it into my PC, and it made me download Steam. And I was never more confused <laughs> in my entire life. Yeah, it, took, yeah, I bet. it took me four days to download Steam and Half-Life 2 <laughs> nice. on dial-up connection back in the day. Um, and I just couldn't believe it. I played a little bit of it, a little bit of uh, Half-Life Team Deathmatch. Yes, that was Half-Life my first PC Deathmatch game. Yeah, back in the day. Um, and, and then it just turned out that my neighbors at the time were also, they were more into like PC gaming than they were console gaming. So they like were big fans of Gary's mod and, uh, half-life team deathmatch as well. So that really helped stoke like my interest in steam and then valve and half-life and everything that goes along with it. Okay. Um, I'm glad I've asked this because I wasn't, I, yeah, I don't good preface. Know. Good to preface, um, I suppose. And it's important. And Joe likes half-life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Uh, I would say that I don't give a shit. No. I, I only just played them for the first time after 13 years of trying to play them and falling asleep at the keyboard every time. Mm. I, I finally committed to beating them, and they're fine. Wow, so they're good. we were going. They're pretty, well, yeah, they're pretty good. They're, they're pretty, pretty good, good, bud. They're fine. 
They're fine. So uh, re- uh, yeah. So go ahead. Flash That's forward. All I wanted to say. Flash forward to 2020. Um, we get our first Half Life game in well, what is now eight, seven, or eight years. Thirteen years. Thirteen years. Fucking. 2007 was episode two, if you can believe it. <laughs> yeah. I, anyway. So <laughs> you. Uh, We're all gonna die one day. So trepidish, trepidatious uh, going into it, and uh, but boy howdy, um, it does not. I mean, like we 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 said a lot via text uh, as we were all playing it, and we all we all uh, stuck to pretty good timelines as far as playing it goes. Mm-hmm. We were able to chat a little bit here and there, but nothing too too deep, uh, so we could get to this point. Um, but one thing that echoed very early on was that it is definitely a Half Life game, uh, which which like which is silly to say, I know, but uh, yeah, the, yeah, the fact that they got it thirteen years later with a completely di- like a completely different platform, yeah. Um, it's pretty re- pretty remarkable. Um, in case you somehow still don't know, uh, you play Alex Vance, who uh, has been prevalent uh, since Half Life Two, um, and so you, this the events of this take place five years before Episode Two. Um, yeah, and so you're Alex Vance, and you are just working your way through City Seventeen at the direction of uh, your dad Eli and another guy, and uh, you get some cool tools and guns along the way. And uh, and away you go. And uh, they do. I know uh, Jameson alluded to the word boring, and I kind of I want to talk about that okay. word for a second. Uh, okay. Uh, because I I I felt that from chapters one through four. Yeah, uh, I can say that for sh- for sure. Um, which I would chalk up almost to it being exempt. Like what? So the first four the- hours of that game, the first four chapters, which are the first like three ish hours, I yeah. would say. Are a very long tutorial. Basically. Yeah, and I'm and I, that's fine. I think. Yeah, I don't uh, because I don't, yeah, I don't want to discredit it as uh, useless. Uh, I think they've tried yeah, to. Yeah, they tried to offer something that was easy to do for people who are experienced with VR, but also something that was introductory for folks right. with VR. That I think, was as well. Yeah. Which yeah. that was my thought process. I assumed it was slow because they knew that a lot of people had bought like an index just for Alex. And a lot mm. of people probably, for sure. they probably dabbled in some tech things before, but this was most likely a lot of people's first full VR game. So I assume the slow nature of the first chapters was introductory for not only, you know, new Alex players, because there are a couple of like systems to get used to and controls. And I actually found that yeah, yeah. by the time the yeah. game ramps up combat wise, I actually found that pacing to be pretty perfect where I was just feeling competent. But yeah, I think a lot of it was also because this is probably people's first ever VR game, at least a full one anyway. Yeah, I think in the moment, a lot of the first four chapters are really boring. Yeah. Um, But as a whole, it makes a lot of sense because it is acclimatizing you to all of it. Because like, it's not just getting your your VR legs back, which I hadn't had for a long time. So I was actually glad to to acclimatize to it. Mm-hmm. But it's also easing you into, like Joe said, you know, the different controls and mechanics, which are important, but also like the the tone and style of the game and, and like um, the sort of more like somewhat higher intensity nature of of aspects of Half-Life Alex, mm-hmm. a.k.a. like the, the sort of. For us, I would say the sort of very, very light horror-ish aspects, which mm. some, some people will will find um, a lot more intense than others. But it, and so, like as a whole, I look. Yeah, the first four chapters in the moment boring. As a whole, you're like, I get it, I understand, and I appreciate the fact that they slowly ramped me into all of this. Mm. And 
to jump around as well. Like, I think the writing also reflects that as well. In the moment, I was like, man, I'm really not interested in all this Firewatch-ass dialogue that's happening constantly. Mm -hmm. But it makes sense to me also because it's like familiar, you know, jokey, basic dialogue, which is like, it's comfortable, right? And then from chapter five onwards, they're like, okay, let's... Let's do away with a lot of the dialogue. Let's start to push the story forward and let's make the gameplay much more involved. Like the training wheels have come off. Yeah. And, and a lot of my problems with the first four chapters are sort of gone now. Dissolved that I've seen the whole through. Picture. Yeah. 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 Which is so interesting how, like, it's, it's a testament to, I think, as Joe said, how well paced the whole thing really ends up being like I, yes. would, I wonder really how many passes they took because there's obviously a couple different steps a couple different staples in there but they well, that's the thing yeah they really smooth they must have it because you, you it's so smooth like it's ah oh, man kind of getting lost that's, talking about it but it is such a well paced all the way through uh to the end i was really really pleased with uh with its structure and and the work that must have went into finding that with this medium i thought like was really well done mm-hmm. That's sort of how I feel about the like every single thing about the game as an entirety. Mm-hmm. Honestly, is that it's like that's what Valve is sort of famous for is they spend a long time making their games and they play test the ever loving hell out of it and they refine it all to be like meticulously like ex- perfectly accessible for everyone and and that is how I feel about everything in the game where it's just like everything in this game is paced perfectly and meant to feel as good as possible to as many people as possible. And that's a good thing. That's not a negative, you know, and it, it, and to do it in VR is I think a really important thing and, and something that most, maybe even all VR games have not actually done. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of discussion, you know, it was like, oh, it's the return to Half-Life. It means they're, they want to revolutionize things and, you know, do crazy mechanics. And and in the reality, I think actually Alex is kind of like mechanically a pretty basic VR game. Yep. But what is important about Alex is that they have made every single part of it feel as good as possible. Yeah. And they've, they've, they took all the learnings from the last six years... And every best practice is in here and executed. And that is really important. Um, And it reminds me a lot of like a Naughty Dog game where they're just, you know, like the gameplay maybe isn't the most amazing thing, but it is accessible and enjoyable to everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's sort of all of Alex in a nutshell to me in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. You mentioned, you said executed well, and that's really, I think what it was all about, like going over those passes, I think. I like to, I like to think that they every time they went through it, somebody was like, "Well, what if you could do this here, or what if you yeah. could not?" And they just found a way to make that work. And like, there's a lot of little things, like from <clears throat> how good it feels to flick uh, a thing towards you and catch oh, it God. with the gravity gloves, man. Like, the, that is the best thing how, in a video game yeah, in a long how, time. How remarkable and how <laughs> intuitive was that? Once you really like, I'm gonna try and push myself to see how fast I can do this with both hands, and then really just looking around and throwing things at yourself to cat like how good it all felt um and like i i found myself like probably midway through the game i just wrapped up a decent fight with the combine um uh, i was working my way towards the vault and uh i was like it's really not that i can understand how you could do this easily like 
obviously where the player's positioned and you just aim your hand and you press the button and flick. And that's the only input you need to kind of trigger like something flying towards you and going to the perfect side of the screen to swipe and catch. But it's just, it's the fact that they got it right so well. And every time, like, obviously, if you're obstructed, it's stuff's not going to fucking fly in your hand. But um, basically, 99% of the time, it, it works Yeah, there's some, I believe there's some tracking to your hand, and it's also very generous yeah. with the catching. Uh, yeah, one yeah thing, very generous. One thing I really it. liked about the gravity... Uh, the cool, I think he calls them the Russells, but the gravity gloves. Uh, yeah. I really like when a game uh, solves a problem by making a tool. Uh, the problem being that, you know, some people don't have the room scale and they can't, you know, run up and grab an item that's high up on a shelf. Or maybe they just don't want to. Maybe people want to stay still. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like that they solve that problem uh, within the context of Half-Life. They made a tool mm. which matches the story. And also Half-Life is known for physics, uh, you know, simulation and messing around with physics, and they kind of bundled that all into one problem-solving thing. Uh, and I, I, mm -hmm. yeah. I appreciate that. I like that smart problem-solving in game uh, design. Yeah. And the, the, the fact that they feel so good mm -hmm. is, is why Alex is good. Yes. Mm -hmm. Really. Because that um, mechanic is actually in Boneworks. Oh, okay. Boneworks, you, you can aim at something, and then you click a button, and something flies to your hand. Um, but like everything else in Boneworks, it feels like fucking crap. <laughs> Whoa! Right, he's saying it. I haven't played I it. I gotta try and, that. I gotta try that game. Out. Yeah, me too. I gotta try. It. And that's 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 Alex for me. Is just like everything feels great because mm -hmm. like I and and I went and the other day I installed um, the two games that people have talked about as being really good, which one of which is Boneworks and the other is the um, Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners. Yeah, I want, to, ah. I want to download that as well. I meant to download that. Um, and I wanted to see how they felt. Again, I wanted to give Boneworks slightly more time, and I wanted to see how the two felt compared to Alex's, and also because they both have melee combat, mm -hmm. um, which is something Alex does not have, and it's sort of been, you know, regarded as a bit of a, a, a bizarre oversight. And I think the reason they don't have melee combat in this game is because it feels like fucking dog shit in VR. <laughs> Um, no feedback. Boneworks and Half-Life have melee combat. <laughs> no. Well, there's a difference between hand, like, well, I know, I guess Gorn does have uh, weapons, yeah. right? Yeah. But like, different strokes half, different folks. Um, Walking Dead has, you know, you, they give you like a knife that you can stab into things and they give you an axe you can use. And they both just feel like shit to me, honestly. <laughs> and it's because there's no, you know, momentum stopping, right? right? There's no weight to anything. And you can't emulate that with haptic feedback or vibrations. Whereas guns work because vibration is good, mm -hmm. right? And obviously there's no kickback in your arm um, or bursting your eardrums with noise. But like, I think that is why something like melee combat isn't in Alex. Is because for a lot of people, melee stuff just feels bad in VR. And nothing in alex feels bad and that is like extremely important because so much stuff in so many vr games just feels terrible to me yeah like you have full modeled arms in um in half or in um walking dead and it looks terrible you know because your elbows are like twitching and your your wrists are like bent at 120 degrees <laughs> and you're like this looks so janky and feels bad and Boneworks, you have a fully modeled character model, including chest, legs, and head. Mm -hmm. And, like, I, I'm a little taller than most people. I 
couldn't walk through a door in Boneworks <laughs> because my head invisibly was hitting the ceiling. And I was like, what is going on? And it felt like shit. And you never, ever have that in Alex. And that is super important. Yeah, um, but I, I think you could kind of have a counter argument that, you know, grabbing a pipe and it not doing anything also kind of feels weird at the same time. True, true, yeah. yeah. Especially in that specific scene as well where they're like... yeah. The pipe is there, and you have to pull it out. Oh, man, I was so lost, dude. I was so lost. Jameson was watching me do that section. I don't know if you were paying attention, but I I had no idea to get that pipe. No clue. <laughs> oh, no, no. I meant, like, the, at the very beginning of the game, when oh, you're in fuck. the train, yeah, like, and you pull the later. pipe out to open up the doors, oh, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then a zombie starts walking at you in the train, and you have yeah. a pipe in your hand, and, yeah, it doesn't work, and it's... You're right, Joe. That a lot of for a lot of people, it will feel wrong. Mm. I Don't feel like there on. was some middle ground to be found. Where you know how when you are, uh, I actually only noticed this from your recent uh, video, Jameson. Where if you try to yeah. block something with, uh, you know, you try to block a bullet with an object, uh, Alex drops it when it gets hit. I feel yes, like they could have cool. found a middle ground where if you try to hit something, the enemy just swats it out of your hand, so you know it's futile to try and use melee weapons. Like, Which they do, know, yeah, but it's it's not very clear. Yeah. I feel like there's there, there could have been something to kind of counter them, so you just don't want to use them. Or just don't put them in the game. Don't right? yeah. like, don't put don't put a plunger in the game if I can't swat a fucking head crab with it. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Like don't put a pipe and a zombie walking at you in a straight line. It, you know, it's so clearly set up for like right. grab the pipe and swing and hit it. Mm-hmm. My other thought with the melee stuff is also that like. Oh, they're waiting to figure it out because they have to save it for the sequel when you have a crowbar, you know? Right. I mean, I thought that, like, in Chapter 5 before I knew anything about the story and, you know, or where what they were going to do in the future. It's like, I, you know, oh, they're going to they're gonna do melee combat for the next game where you probably play as Gordon. That was what I thought, like, three hours into that game. Um, yeah. But anyways, uh, what should we talk about? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's I like, want to talk about one thing. Please. Yes. Uh, I just want to quickly say that, uh, just a little anecdote, before I jumped into Alex, I replayed the entire franchise. Yes, I brother. played Black Mesa, the remake of Half-Life 1, then Episode 2, uh, I'm sorry, Half-Life 2, then Episode 1, and Episode 2. And mm-hmm. then I played Alex, I think the same day as I beat Episode 2, or the very next day. And I just want to quickly say that that opening scene where you are just standing in City 17 with, like, the Citadel being built in front of you. Mm. Uh, Being in that world directly after spending, like, 30 hours in its, you know, in two dimensions and on the old Source engine and looking kind of a little bit dated is one of the most bizarre experiences I've ever had (laughs) in my gaming life. For sure, right? Yeah, yeah, I didn't look at the gaming trailers of Alex at all. I think I looked at it again, like I said, when me and Jameson first, uh, it was first announced. I had a peek yeah. when we were doing our Modern Warfare recording, and then I have not looked at anything since. So I didn't really have any idea about the graphical fidelity of Half-Life Alex. <laughs> I had no idea the game yeah. was going to look good. So it was one of the most jarring things to not only jump into the Half-Life universe in virtual reality and be standing there after spending so much time playing it, but it, to also look so lifelike. It was mm-hmm. incredibly bizarre. It was indescribable. And I think the first hour of Half-Life Alex is something I will probably never forget just because it was uh, trippy. It was very trippy. Oh, no. I had that a little bit as well because I, I finished episode two like two or three days before. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was really amazing 
to go into VR and see everything in VR. And yeah. I think uh, a sort of broader thought on that is that like Half-Life for me works so much better in VR. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I sort of recounted my feelings on Half-Life in I think the latest podcast that we put up a couple weeks ago. And I, I said it, it, you know, by modern standards, I, I think for me, Half-Life is just kind of a bit boring. And, and I like... I like the world and the storytelling a lot yeah. and the way that stuff is presented. And and I, of course, I totally respect Half-Life and understand its importance. But under modern circumstances, it's kind of dull for me. And, and Half-Life Alex is neat because it is exactly like the old games in its structure and in the combat encounters and the level design. Or, well, the level design is a little more interesting at times in Alex. But, like, if you took the VR out of Alex, Alex would be a very beautiful, very well-made, boring-ass video game. <laughs> yeah. And, but... I'd still in like VR, it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have still enjoyed it too. <laughs> mainly for the story stuff. Um, and some of the, some good gameplay gimmicks for sure. Yeah. That would be fun. Well, they wouldn't be as good as, but what I'm saying is Half-Life in VR works so much more for me. And it's so much more compelling. The world is more compelling the gameplay sort of combat loop of like combat, uh, light horror, mild puzzle solving, somewhat basic linear, super linear, you know, action adventure. It, it just all works so much more for me in VR. Oh, yeah. And the worst thing I have to say about Half-Life Alex is very, it's a, it's a very negative thing in my mind is that, um, Alex kind of turned me into a bit of a Half-Life fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. That, and I yeah. was like, ah, fuck. Now I, now I, now no, I actually like, care about the story yes. stuff and the world. And, Baby. Then. And that, but that was achieved because of VR. Um, yeah. yeah. Put you, put you like in the, there. The visual fidelity cannot be praised enough oh, as well because it, it is staggeringly beautiful throughout the amount of micro detail in every scene the lighting quality is mm. the texture quality uh, it's nuts the, throughout the fidelity for my game was on auto to start but then when i went and changed it just today when i was going in there to do a bit of recording uh it it allowed me to change it to a preset that wouldn't automatically adjust um okay. which the default was to automate so i'm gonna go back in my second playthrough and play it on high fidelity nice. just to really just to really get an appreciation and i'm also gonna play yeah, it on it, harder it, a harder difficulty for sure. Yeah, that game is easy. Yeah, very easy. easy. It's yeah. very easy. Mm -hmm. Too easy. Yep. I don't think I ever died. I definitely did. I died. Yeah, I died once or twice. I, I, I fell and died. And I was killed <laughs> yeah. by someone called Jeff, which I won't spoil. Mm -hmm. but I don't think Jeff's I died in combat. Jeff's silly. Jeff's a silly boy. <laughs> I died once or twice. Uh, I died once or twice early when I was like fumbling. Oh with yes, the controls. yes. I, I should mm. say that I probably did as well at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. frustrating. Uh, I I was getting frustrated trying to figure out a control scheme that worked. But then once I was like, stop moving and then teleport and then move. Uh, that's when I yeah. I said it. I had to slow down. I think you that's why I mean? the yeah. first four hours worked so well because I think most yeah. people probably experimented with the movement mechanics and what works best for yeah. them. Well, and getting used to, like, having to physically hide behind cover, you know. Oh, man, like they that. do that well, too, um, don't they? But, but yeah, I, I, one of the notes I do have here is, like, yeah, it's way too easy mm -hmm. on normal. Yeah. You get so much stuff in that yeah. game. Like, a lot of healing. A lot of, from, uh, like, a lot chapter of ammo coming on the end. 
Mm-hmm. Oh my like, god! From like chapter six guns. onwards, like I had so much ammo. Yeah. I had so much health. Like stored. Like I would just throw syringes on the ground in the middle of an area and be like, if I need it, I'll come back for it. And I never needed it. Yeah. Uh, I had, I, I, yeah, I had like two hundred rounds of uh, pistol and SMG ammo for the last couple of levels. Like you just the problem is you just pull out your pistol and all the only upgrade you need on your pistol is a laser sight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you just. You just shoot like seven bullets into everything and they die. And it, it is definitely way too easy. Um, but again, that's one of those things where it's like, I get it. I get why they've done that. Uh, it's for accessibility. Um, but and it's satisfying have, I would have well. enjoyed if it was a little more like a Resident Evil game in the first half where you are... The first half of a Resident Evil game where you really have to manage uh, your bullets. And, yeah. you know, a little more survival horror-y. Uh, I think would work for maybe that. even like run for an enemy if you need to. They they give you yeah. that they give you that vibe in that first trailer when you're scrounging for a couple of shotgun shells on the shelf. Exactly, that, like ammo is going to be quite scarce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think and I, I'm not sure what the higher difficulties do. I think they just increase damage. But I would love nah. um, if they deleted like 50 percent of all the items in the game. Mm. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Part of me, part of me was thinking that the uh, the loot boxes. Sorry. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, loot boxes. Yeah, I know uh, what you mean. Were, uh, had a little bit of that old um, AI director will give you what you right. need as you need yeah, it yeah. type. I had that feeling uh, about halfway through the game that these boxes are set up to give you what you need when you need it, which yeah. is great. Yeah, I wonder. I wasn't, I wonder. I wasn't yeah. sure about that. I was thinking that as well. Yeah, Wouldn't so. surprise me. I mean, yeah, Left 4 Dead. You did it with yeah, Left 4 Dead? Yeah, yeah, do it with... Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You got the tech. Yeah, it, it just... It would have made the whole thing more stressful. And mm. I, like... Oh. Higher damage is just sort of like a boring solution to difficulty, and mm. I think more deliberately placed and thought out um, health drops and ammo drops would be a, a much more fun and proper AI, proper AI tuning for difficulty as well. You know what I mean? Like put yeah. those put those guys like why aren't they crouching behind cover? Like they're just kind that's of the other thing themselves. I. I that I was thinking of when I said boring is like I think the combine combat is super boring. Yeah, that's, that's I fair. I don't think it's super boring, but it is my one single complaint about the entire game is uh, I, I felt like, especially near the game, I got into a bit of a rhythm where you had the laser sights, you know how to uh, crouch behind cover, and it just kind of comes to peek out, blah, 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 they're dead, and then kind of move on. Uh, it got more fun when I got the shotgun grenade launcher. Uh, oh, that so made combat fun. really fun. God, so much fun. I feel like yeah. in the very last quarter of the game... Uh, maybe just another tool to mix up combat, especially for the combine, because yeah, they introduce yeah. another enemy which I won't spoil near the end quarter, and I really liked fighting those guys because you know they're different and they have yeah. a, little, a different mechanic to take we, them down. I don't even know what you're talking. They about. are not humanoid. Yeah, the last kind of enemy that's introduced in the game in a zoo type setting. Yeah, their name oh, is Oh, the Antlions. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, right. okay. 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 <laughs> it's a Half-Life game. There are Antlions. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, you said it. But yeah, I, I like they were great. But even they were pretty easy. Because I yeah, but they're they're just different. They're, yeah, they're but you just gotta shoot, shoot yeah, their yeah, legs yeah. and then they're and they're flying around. Yeah, there was a bit when yeah. when I understood how to kill an antlion, I was like, oh fuck, that's actually like better. Yeah. Thank you for making this a challenge. I like that they got more in your face. Whereas the combine it's mainly the combine that are just I think are boring. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, because 
you know, the zombies, are, they shamble towards you, and that's fine. And the head crabs get up in your face, which is good. But yeah. the combine just sort of stand the there. The combine know they're going to die at your hands. So they're not. <laughs> Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they're kind of just like. They're the only sentient ones in the game, so they're they know. They're, they're just, literally yeah. calling you by name to kill them, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, would just, they would just stand there, you know? And it's like, uh, well, I don't need to. You know, there was that great clip in the uh, in the gameplay, one of the gameplay videos where they, like, open a door for cover, you know? Yeah, I love doing that. Um, a card. And I'm like, I never did that because I just stood behind a fucking wall and leaned over and shot them all in the head and then they all died. Because yeah. they weren't pushing me, um, which is unfortunate. But there was the one the, co- combine where you could explode his gas tank. That was pretty fun. Yeah. That, yeah, that, I like that. Um, but, but that's the only one that's mm-hmm. actually interesting. Um, yeah, and he did like a, yeah. there was something something else, especially near the last quarter where you have fought them uh, quite a lot at that point. Yeah, they give you that. Yeah. They give you that fourth gun way too way too early on. Yeah, I mean, there's the one gimmick yes. weapon at the very very end, but apart from that, I which feel was very like, good. It's very. We'll good. talk about. Well, we will do. I yeah. do want to do a spoiler. Okay. Yeah, section, which like we will I'll, clearly demark and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah the time comes. I feel like just the last quarter uh, after the antlions. Just like something to mix up the combine combat because there was a large chunk of it after that section, the biggest chunk in the entire game, and you've just got the same tools you've been using. And I, yeah. I still really enjoy the combat all the way through the game just because the novelty of VR is kind of magical. And I mm. kind of forgot I liked VR until Half-Life Alex. But just the pacing of the game was so consistent with giving you new things it felt like it could mm-hmm. do with just one little little something. Just a little something. Yeah, I was I was sort of trying to make the combat more interesting yeah. for myself by like I'm gonna deliberately like lean into this van and shoot out the window because yeah. like I could just stand there and kill them all because they're so bait like they're just not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it was a little. Thankfully, I think for the most part, um, until that last two chapters, the combine encounters are 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 nicely spaced out and pretty infrequent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they there's a lot of it near the end, and it's just sort of like. Yeah, I've got the I've got the extended SMG mod, so I have like nine ninety rounds, I think. Is there ninety rounds? Jeez, I didn't get that one. Yeah, before I, I have didn't, to reload. I didn't either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just like Frank. I just lean around the corner and just hold down the trigger oh. for like thirty seconds, <laughs> and they're all dead. I upgraded um, that thing the least because I, it was OP enough. Like, I, yeah, I it was. It was very good. I only I only put the extended mag on, it and that was it. I don't think I upgraded it once. I just got the yeah. laser sight, I think, and that was it. Yeah, oh, I did end up putting the lasers. I put on. the laser on. Uh, I put the laser on the shotgun and the handgun, and then I put uh, I put the auto loader on the shotgun and the handgun, and I put uh, the reflex sight on the handgun. And the I love the auto loader on the shotgun. Oh, it's a, it's a great that. like. Yeah, it's uh, once I like was coming on the end and was using yeah. the auto loader, it was like I got that fairly early because I found the shotgun annoying to reload, and I also didn't mm. realize you could stack up seven shots and uh, shells in it until like the sixth <laughs> chapter because uh, I just missed that tutorial prompt. Um, well, yeah, that's it was on my right hand, and my right hand was off to my side. Uh, but yeah, the auto loader is very satisfying. Um, hmm. Another uh, broad thought. Um, it's the only it's the first vr game and experience that i have wanted to stick with since lone echo yeah lone echo and lone echo prior is the only game that has kept me interested and and lone echo is only like six hours long Mm -hmm. um but at the time it was the first game that was like this doesn't feel like a toy box that i mess around with for for 30 minutes and then uninstall and never play again even super hot vr it's like um it's a one-trick pony yeah, and and they they've they've got a good little ninety minute campaign in the super hot VR game, and 
it's it, it's good. It's and it's still a fun toy box, but it is just a toy box. Yeah. Which in Superhot's case, I mean, the PC game is that way as well, really. Um, but Lone Echo was the first experience that I wanted to play through, and Half Life was the first one since, and is definitely the most compelling experience in VR uh, by a, a, a long ways. Oh, yeah. I I do think very highly of Lone Echo, um, but. Half-Life is so highly produced mm-hmm. uh, and and twice the, as long as, as Lone Echo and does a really good job of like from chapter five onwards, every chapter, almost every chapter feels like a really fun sort of unique gimmick, mm-hmm. sort of like Titanfall, uh, which I mean, Titanfall feels like everyone said it feels like a Valve game because every level feels like this fun thing that they built the level around. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the, the hotel is an incredible level. Uh, the Jeff level is fantastic. I'm going to have to talk Probably about the hotel, my favorite. by the way. I'm just going to say that. What's that? Huh? Yeah. I said I'm going to have to talk about gonna, the hotel. We'll talk about that we'll, hotel. We'll save, we'll save that maybe for the spoiler section. Oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just just do like a, a more detailed level chat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are there any other thoughts before we get to the spoiler section? I think the, um, the sense of scale is remarkable. Yeah, and yeah. they use it kind of... The use um, of space. They don't overdo the giant spectacle. They use it sporadically and they kind of build mm. up to those moments. That they all feel like really special when they do happen. Yeah. I love the uh, yeah the scale. I like how the time of day subtly changes and the vault looks more magnificent as the, the sun goes down and the door. Yeah. Oh, God. The music that they used in, in some of those places too was really, really good. Like The, the sound design the as a whole is Yeah, the over-synth. The, yeah, all the electronic oh. in there. Like, the heavy electronic stuff was really good. Uh, yeah. Did you guys like the UI puzzles? Because I did, and I saw... Oh, I did yeah, as well. Donkey yeah. fucking hated they're them. Fine. I just saw his video. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I really I, I like them. I think they're a little basic, um, but they're fun. I, I really like the, the wall scanning stuff. That, that stuff yeah. just yeah. feels so good. Um, it's like and future the, mechanic. The, the, the other ones are like, yeah, they're fine. They, they, they look cool as well. Yes. <laughs> once I uh, once I discover that you can move both points on the orb puzzles. Yeah. That's it's my, it's kind of that's necessary. What, yeah. Coming to yeah. the end. Oh, man. I was getting heated at one of them. But <laughs> that's how she goes. That's how she goes. <laughs> you know? When you're rushing those puzzles, they get really annoying really quickly. Yeah. Um, one another. Th- oh. Go ahead. <laughs> I was I was just going to say, um, it, uh, it, it obviously, uh, and it was alluded to at the start, this is a game, Half-Life, uh, fabled franchise, and for this to be the first... Iteration. The, the the gravitas of it, um, I suppose, it was still nice while playing those early chapters to still have that feeling of like, okay, wow, this is a remarkable experience and isn't yeah. just over, over-fluffed because it's a return. I felt that way or... right through to the end of that, under the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, 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 um, which part, the, like, the, 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 pardon the irony of it, but like, the, the half feeling of like, oh, this is just living up to all the hype or yeah, the, this is the, exceeding i ish. felt all the way through that it was like yeah valve valve still knows what they're fucking doing yeah okay yeah for sure i'm all the way through yeah yeah I it was uh, and and it felt <laughs> it, it did the whole thing did sort of feel a little reverential the entire time yeah yeah, yeah well that, yeah. And that, that was that was a worry i had going in i was like like is this is it gonna be a good game or am i just a fucking sheep like yeah Right. Good? And yeah. so obviously And as was... someone that like doesn't care about Half-Life, I was like, Am I going to feel connected to the mm. Half-Life aspects and, and that sort of like you said, the the weight and the burden of Half-Life? <laughs> um and I, I, I felt like it was 
exceeding that throughout, I would say, or at the very least living up to those very lofty expectations. And, and I, I would agree. Um, that's, that's where I would, that's where I would yeah, come in with yeah. it. And I, and I would say that there was a moment in probably chapter two where I was like, this, this is about the time where I would put this headset on anybody to show them that mm-hmm. this is, this is what VR can really do. As, Absolutely, like, and yeah. I was, it's, it's, it's arbitrary as a first person shooter, like all, like every, yeah. like 60% of the fucking store. But it's, uh, it, 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 it really did feel like, wow, like put this head, like get in here yeah. and feel like whatever you want. Cause it all reacts. Like it was it, exemplary. It was exemplary. Yeah, it really was. Well, and, and it, yeah, it, it, all of that learning being in one game with such high production values, it, it really does oh. yeah, make you want to be like, this yeah. is why VR is exciting. And it did, it got me excited yeah. about VR again. And I, yeah. I, and it's a bummer because there's fucking nothing. <laughs> Gotta wait another yeah. fucking year to get anything close to this. Like, like Lone Echo 2 was supposed to be out this month, and that's obviously not happened. Um, I'm nervous to play the, the room VR. Like, because I feel like oh, it's yeah, going to be a step I am backward. Forward, yeah. That's, it's, but like, it's okay. It's good. Okay. That okay. is one I'm disadvantage okay. of this. It's like, oh, everything else is going to be kind of mediocre compared to Half-Life now. Except yeah. I do th- I do expect Lone Echo to uh, be a very mm, high quality yeah, experience. Yeah. I think... Um, um, a- a big part of Half-Life in general is, you know, I I played Half-Life 2, like, pretty soon to its release, maybe, like, three years after. I actually had it Probably on... when the Orange Box came out, right? I, I actually played it before, I remember Same. I had... Oh, wow. the, th- the 360 wasn't even out when I played Half-Life 2. Yeah, I, I oh, actually wow, played it on okay. the original Xbox, and I don't yeah, remember so even Dawson. owning one, but I think I might borrow <laughs> my friends... <laughs> But um, <laughs> there is a novelty to being on the front lines of a new Half-Life game, which I have never been able to experience. Um, Same. People yeah. talk about the launch of Half-Life and Half-Life 2 like these momentous occasions in technology. And it's the technology stuff that I've never really got to be there for. Because when I played Half-Life 2, I have no memory of thinking that it was a technical marvel. I just thought it was a good game. Uh, and that unique part about being there day one of a new Half-Life game and actually being ha- being in the zeitgeist of that technology being jaw- jaw-dropping was really, really cool. Because mm. if everything goes well and VR continues to progress, um, hopefully when we go back to Half-Life Alex in five years, it won't feel like it's that cutting edge, if you know what I mean. Like uh, yeah, hopefully hope VR, <laughs> that would be the best case scenario if VR progresses yeah. so that Half-Life Alex doesn't feel that great and i'm sure it would still be a fun game like how i played half-life two years after it came out but it was so nice to be at the forefront of a new half-life game not just to be you know in that moment of gaming history where it's a new half-life game uh also like a, a moment of vr history where the proof of concept is finally you know getting its moment of validation but to be there for the technology as a nerd who likes mm-hmm. that stuff and to see it finally happen and in for five years time people will, will probably play alex and be like meh you know, because they have played maybe other half, um, other VR stuff first, and it will probably look better and have a higher frame rate and all these things, maybe. and they will have yeah. learnt from the lessons that uh, Valve have figured out from Half Life Alex, and they will grow on it, etc. And maybe when they go back to Half Life Alex, they will be like, "That was okay," uh, and it's just really nice to be there for when it's more than okay, when it's fucking yep. a revolution, and to just have the awe-inspiring moment that I've never had from a Half-Life game. Half-Life, to me, has always just been a fun adventure. It's never been about graphics or technology. Uh, but this but time it the, was. You got the magic sprinkles this time. I got the, magic, got the sprinkles. magic sprinkles. I, it's nice to feel for the second time for me that it's like, oh yeah, VR is a worthwhile thing to to keep 
on top yeah. of and to care about because I, I mm-hmm. have been very compelled by VR since it started mm-hmm. and Lone Echo was the first time that I played something so for me the, the, some of the like revelations that people will have with Alex being their first game is lost because Lone Echo was the one for me oh, that for was sure. just like, right, right. wow this this is a super triple A super produced game that feels like it could only be done in VR because of the locomotion system mm-hmm. um, and was space and, and had, you know, a, a, a solid enough story um, and gameplay and, and one or two amazing set pieces as well. So it was the first, it was the first um, time that I felt that, but it has been three years since that game came out. And so it was nice to, to be reminded of what a really, really good VR game, how, how much, there's so much to do with VR. Yeah. And this was a good reminder of like, wow, been, we are just at the very, very beginning of people taking advantage of this. It's been hard to ignore um, VR this long, like this long, really. Like it's it's always come up in a way as far as gaming has gone. And it's nice that uh, it's cr- just crazy. I think the Valve's the one who was really like, yeah, VR for <laughs> yeah. sure, for sure. And yeah. we're doing it. Um, I will say uh, one or two quick things before we maybe move into a spoiler section. Say um, one other one other note, note about scale that I wanted to mention a minute ago. Um, <laughs> it's fun seeing some things in VR because it turns out they're way bigger, like the <laughs> fucking head crabs. Yeah. Yeah. Are these giant meaty boys that are Dang. just they're huge? I think I saw concept art compared to people for like Half-Life 2 episode or like you see them in art yeah. beside human but yeah to see them in VR they're, is like they're thick that's they're a huge. dog that's a dog they're like, <laughs> they're, yeah. like <laughs> they're like 10 pounds of beef it's no cat know, like, that's not a cat yeah. that's a dog <laughs> and sure. which is fun I, I, I like that about the scale aspect yeah. and then I did find it funny how <laughs> unintimidating all of the enemies feel except for the head crab but like the combine versus me are like small yeah <laughs> and it was funny they are short. like ben you would you ben yeah. you're the same more or less same. the same height as i am and it's like um you get up next to a combine and you're like wow you're kind of a little shrimpy guy huh yeah. um which was sort of funny and there were a few times where it felt like the environment was actually not tall enough i had to uh, squat low yeah, some, there were a couple of yeah. uh, corridors where it was like clearly sp- built for someone that was yeah, it was clearly built for someone that was six foot and not six three, six four. And you're like, oh, I'll just you know slouch my head down a little bit so I'm not clipping into the ceiling, uh, which is kind of funny. I always like when they get you to squat and crawl under things yeah. as well. Uh, I like that this game got my heart rate going. You know, it's a nice benefit of virtual reality to get some exercise in. Like, why not? Yeah, sure. I'll yeah. take it. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And then the last major note um, is that it is it's exceptionally comfortable. Mm. This yeah, uh, like yep. I and part of that is the headset for me because I I am now on a Rift S and it is a way more comfortable headset um, as a glasses wearer as well mm-hmm. in VR. Mm. Um, so that that is definitely a major part of it. But I I mean it has it has only been a week since the game came out and i have spent 20 hours in half-life alex in seven days yeah and and the last the longest session i had was like probably three straight hours where i finished the game out and it was i could have kept going the only thing like you know 
my knees and legs were starting to get a little sore from standing on a hard floor for three hours yeah straight, I'm, but like, I've, been, I've been playing in slippers um which i would recommend getting a decent pair of cushion slippers yeah i well i wore slippers for my first session and then woke up with like a killer charlie horse the next oh, day snap. And I was okay, like, yeah, oh fair. that might have been from wearing like bad so if i, I yeah, should have worn like a slippers pair of, a proper pair of shoes is probably a good thing to Ooh, wear while playing play a, it with a runners VR speed yeah, start, start yeah. speed running half half life alex and just wear <laughs> yeah, runners yeah, now we're talking yeah, um, but it, that's an important thing to note is is how comfortable and and how comfortable it is long term and the fact that they made continuous motion comfortable yeah. as well because I I have not been a fan of them they I think a lot of it is just to do with how quickly the character moves mm. um, and Alex you move very slowly I, when you're doing continuous no, motion and it's I actually have no idea because I remember at the very beginning I started my chat by saying I was sour on VR because I thought the format was a bit restrictive because they no game has been able to make continuous motion not make me nauseous but for some reason alex doesn't make me nauseous at all like nothing yeah which is really weird and i don't know what they did because i haven't been playing a lot of vr recently so it's not like i've trained my my brain or my eyes to adjust to it i jumped into half-life alex after like months and months and months of a break from virtual reality Mm-hmm. And I felt fine. So I have no idea what they did. Is it the smaller spaces in-game, do you think? I don't know. I have no idea. I think a lot of it is the movement speed, honestly. Yeah, they re- like they really got that down. Which, after yeah. all this time, of course they would. I think... And I, yeah, go ahead. They might be doing stuff with the, like... They might be uh, blurring the peripheral a little bit. I'm not sure. I think they like, you, you, you wouldn't really notice, right? <clears throat> um, I'm not sure what they're doing. Uh, aside from the movement speed and the spaces, like you said, Ben, um, I'm not sure what else they're doing. They're probably doing other things, knowing how much they've learned uh, over the years. But yeah, it's... And that's a huge thing. It's super comfy for a very long sessions, which... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the prior... I mean, I would play Lone Echo in like one hour bursts, and then uh, I would have to stop. And the one Why time damn. we did four... We did a four hour rec room stream, <laughs> um, which was absolutely brutal, but... Uh, a lot of that is also the headset, you know. Like I said, uh, glasses in that DK one or the uh, consumer C- version one of yeah, the C- Oculus. Yeah, yeah the CV one with uh, glasses, brutal on the nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the the Rift S, super comfortable. Nice. Um, but yeah, um, any other non-spoiler thoughts before we move into the spoiler section? Which I think we might as well have the spoiler section be the last chunk of yeah. the show. Yeah. Um, if you have VR, you've probably already played Half-Life Alex. Like it's it's really interesting yeah. how yeah they were like hey let's pick a let's pick the most expensive platform to put the most desired game franchise yeah. iteration out on. I it's alienating, and I get people being annoyed, but I I love the the balls. Oh of, yeah, of <sighs> Valve just Ooh. being like, uh, well we have infinite money because we're Steam, and <laughs> and we're gonna spend like. Four years, it sounds like, developing a new Half-Life game. And it's only going to be playable in VR and fuck you. Yeah. And, it's what they like to do. And they like technology. Is, you know? Yeah. And it's a bummer for some people. And I, I can sympathize. But it is also important for exclusivity to happen in yeah. in certain in certain spaces. Mm-hmm. And I'm very glad that they that they just they went with that. And, and that it was Half-Life of all things. Man. I think the um, balls on them. It's, it's fantastic. Before we go into spoilers, I think the only last point I want to make is I wish there was a little bit more platforming. Uh, yeah. I know it's weird to make that work in a format where you can teleport wherever you want, 
But they actually had uh, a very few select sections where there was minor um, platforming. In the darkened warehouse where there was the scissor lifts, there was that one little thing where you, you jump on a pipe and you go along yeah. and you open up the air duct. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. crap, they're starting to move into that stuff. And it just didn't really come back. There isn't mm -hmm. really that much platforming. And having played the entire Half-Life franchise recently, a large part of that game is kind of, I don't want to say puzzle platforming, but it's just like, how do I get up here? Uh, jump here, yeah, jump here, Yeah, environmental jump. sort of exploration-y yeah. puzzle. Yeah. And they yeah. played with the concept in a few very select parts where you teleport to a pipe yeah. and then you can get to this boardwalk. And uh, it just didn't pop up that much. And as a plat platforming fan, and I like that stuff in Half-Life, kind of wanted to see a bit more of that. Uh, but that's just yeah. my last yeah. minor nitpick when it comes to the game. I wish there was more physics puzzles. Mm. Uh, because early in the first or second chapter, you know, it's a small thing, but when you have to pull the corpse out of the window and then put a yes, box under the window right. to climb in, yep. um, they, they, there's kind of not really much of that after that mm. one instance. There's like, one there's part where you chuck a grenade little. in an air duct, I think. Yeah, yeah, but then they, they never bring those instances back and expand upon mm -hmm. them. It, it's almost it, like they knew, it's almost like they thought that once you pop that cherry, there's no sense in really going back to it. You know what I mean? Like, it, once you yeah, once you pull a I body wonder. out of a window once, it's, mm -hmm. those bodies are heavy. Like you really want to <laughs> yeah, do that four or five times. They don't feel quite as good. Yeah. Um, but that's just me. That's just me on there. Like that's. I, I, but I get it though. I get what you're saying. Like ev almost every complaint I have about Half Life, you know, it's it's. I know that they. I know that they have a reason for why they did something this way because I know how much you know they they just play test everything so thoroughly and it's like. The reason that there's probably not more platforming or physics puzzles, they probably have a reason for it, and I bet. And melee. In, I wonder how long melee combat was in there until they took it. Yeah, out. exactly. Mm -hmm. And I and I bet like all these things, it's just like I I bet they have a, a really thorough reasoning for why something doesn't work this way or why there's not as much of this one thing in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like we forgot to mention the best part of Half Life Alex, which is um, how properly small objects work physically yeah. um and and the endless pleasure of opening drawers and cupboards and rummaging <laughs> yeah. around with small objects oh it is um, it is rummage porn big time yeah, rummage yeah. and loot porn that game if you want to knock over some bottles or tip some boxes it's over, so good ooh, pull open a file cabinet baby let me in let me cuddle in there <laughs> yeah sleep i live in here now everything that feels like it should be heavy doesn't quite feel right because you know you're not the actually... controllers stay the same weight yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly but like everything that your brain would perceive as being under like i don't know what it is like under five pounds or under yeah. three pounds you know like there's so much stuff in your normal day-to-day -to -day life that you interact with that you don't physically think about the weight of it because it it is light enough but anything over a certain weight you know when you pick something up you're like oh that was slightly heavier than i thought um, everything under that sort of threshold in Alex just feels so perfectly right. Mm -hmm. uh, like, yeah, all the little cardboard boxes and debris and buckets and chairs and table and like cupboards and all that stuff is just, it feels so good. It's so satisfying. Uh, and their physics simulation is so good for those smaller yeah. objects. I think there is a, there's a small learning curve to like throwing things successfully in Alex for me. But it's, it's done it the best out of any VR game ever. Uh, I'm not sure why games struggle with chucking objects so much. But 
Uh, Alex just absolutely nails it. I did have a few yeah. times where I underchucked something, uh, and it might be my <laughs> the senses. first grenade in the vent thing. I, <laughs> I fucked that up for so long. <laughs> But I won't spoil something I recorded today, but I was flicking a key card <laughs> like you would with a playing card in real life. And it felt like yeah. accurate. It like frisbeed yeah. in a way where I let go of the button at, button at a time where I would let go of the card in my hand in reality. And it, it's really something special. I don't know why VR yeah. games struggle with throwing objects, but they do. They just I'm can't sure, get the velocity. It's hard. It's yeah, got to be. I, I don't, source must help that. Like, I don't so, know. Like, I bet. Because we think, think of it the way the barnacles were pulling up barrels in Half-Life 2. Like, those things had weight then. Like, the source... The physics the, is definitely a big part of it, but yeah. then... Just, and it's yeah. Been around. yeah, like, calculating, like... I don't know. I, I I have a very limited understanding of game games and all that. But I, I do think I have read that, like, computers have a really hard time of understanding what to do with, like a computerized hand grabbing a computerized object and how those two should interact... Hmm. And with momentum and things like that and and yeah throwing stuff in vr games feels bad uh but they nailed it in half-life yeah uh it feels pretty good in super hot yes um if i remember correctly you, you do but have yeah, to they, adjust to super hot though there's like a trick to it yes yeah but half-life it, it feels so natural for most of the objects and yeah that's sort of like we said it earlier that's the that's the that's half-life in a nutshell is just it feels better than all the other vr games yeah yeah, that's the biggest testament you could probably give it right there. Yeah. Is that it's yeah. the best feeling VR game. And yeah. boy, howdy, it's yeah. going to be a 2021 before we get anything that feels more like 2020, well, whatever, when they make another VR yeah. game from Valve. Lone, Lone Echo uh, 2 will do well, but whatever. True. Yes. What, if, Valve, if Valve ever comes back to VR, they. Oh, they will, yeah. I have a feeling they might. I mean, I watched It was the, funny uh, when I booted up Lone Echo, um, your, your hands don't bump into objects in Lone Echo. And I was like, I can't go back. I can't go back now. (laughs) My my brain just broke. But like, that's, it's like, they (sighs) nail it so much in Alex. Just the the fact that your hands bump into things, Mm -hmm. uh, realistically, is a huge, tiny detail that changes the way your brain interprets VR games. And yeah, I can't go back to my hands not knocking over bottles anymore. Yeah. Uh, I was just about to say, I watched a interview interview with Gabe Newell recently. Yeah. And that guy is... Uh, VR is definitely coming back from Valve because he was talking about brain video game <laughs> yeah. interfaces. And he was... Talk- <laughs> I watched that interview as well. He is such a nerd. He was talking about love him. futuristic crazy shit neural network integration yeah. with yeah computers so uh, and, yeah. i don't think that half-life is gonna go back to 2d somehow well yeah well yeah or if it does we'll that will be that. doing vr somewhere else because they are yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. going to be the pioneers of the format i think from yeah. <laughs> from the attitude that gabe was putting forward in that interview yeah i saw he that likes well. it that was good yeah Okay, so spoiler section. Uh, I will I will interject uh, with an audio timestamp, a vocal audio timestamp for the audio only listeners. There will be a giant timestamp on the screen for the video people. We're going to talk openly about anything and everything related to Half Life, Alex, and all Half Life games in general. Yeah, it will be covering the series from beginning. Spoilers. So, 1998. <laughs> uh, Here we go. Unforeseen consequences. Um, four guys in a garage. Yeah. Gabe Newell. No. Let's do... I want to start. 
let's talk about the let's talk about levels and like work our way up to the yes. end because I know Joe wants to start with chapter five. I so, want to cool. talk about what I have coined as Spider Hotel. Mm. <laughs> yep, I could have called it Head Crab Hotel. That would actually work better. Alliteration is cool. Um, but the reason I call <laughs> the reason I call it Spider Hotel is because the poisonous head crabs to me, since I was a wee young lad, have always been spiders. Uh, they're not head crabs. The other ones are head crabs. The poisonous ones are their fucking spiders. So, as I said at the beginning, um, or near the middle of this review, I actually played Half-Life 2 quite a long time ago. Before I had the Xbox 360, before the Orange Box, uh, I cannot remember how young I was when I first played Half-Life 2. Um, I can't even remember when it first came out. What was the date of Half-Life 2? 2004. 2004. I probably played it quite shortly after that. Uh, I'm not going to do maths. I, I wasn't like seven, but, you know, I, being honest, I was pretty slow to take to horror in video games and movies. I was a bit of a scaredy cat in my younger days. I had to, you know, grow up and climatize and get used to spooks, and now I'm pretty thick-skinned when it comes to the genres. But I will be honest, I was a little bit of a scaredy cat about horror stuff when I was younger. So, Half-Life 2... Uh, Ravenholm was very fucking scary to me when I first played <laughs> Half-Life 2. I For don't sure. know what it is about the poisonous black head crabs. They fucking scarred me. Um, the way they scream compared to the normal head crabs, their long spindly legs, how fast they are, how hard they are to see in Ravenholm. They scared me shitless. And they'll mm-hmm. bring you down to one HP. Oh, yeah. They're dangerous as well, especially yeah. if there's a few of them. Do they do that in Alex as well? They do. No. They do. Do they? Yeah. They bring you to one HP. No, thanks. They do. Um, anyway, cut forward to 2020. Uh, I'm <laughs> replaying Half-Life 2. And it You're turns a 40-year-old man I'm now. I'm 40 years old now. And it turns out I'm still pretty scared of those things. And <laughs> That's great. The only way I can explain it is it must be like an innate memory that is deep in my subconscious. Because I'm, I'm pretty good with horror games now. I can play VR horror, you know. We'll talk about Jeff in a minute, but I was fine with Jeff. I could get up to Jeff oh, and yeah. give him a sniff and see what's going on. I don't give a shit. I played Alien Isolation in VR. I'm, I'm, I'm hardened. Yeah. But playing a 2D Half-Life game, um, those, those fuckers, there's something about them. They still scare me. Um, cut forward. That. To Half-Life Alex, now realizing that there is an innate primal fear of these boys, and it's probably there for life, because I'm scarred, apparently. And, uh, boy. Boy, oh boy. Um, if you are like me and you find those guys scary, <laughs> I have bad fucking news for you. <laughs> There's a whole chapter about it. bad news for you. Yeah, There's a room all, occupied with your name on it. I think they know. I think Valve know that people have <laughs> oh, a problem yeah. with those guys. Oh. Uh, I assume a lot of people played Half-Life 2 when they were a bit younger. Yeah. Um, because the first time you encounter them is when you pick up the flashlight and you turn around and there was <laughs> one in the darkness. And I knew... That I, part I sucked. Knew, I knew the second that I turned around yeah. and you could see one head, head crab, it was the poisonous ones. And I was as soon as I saw that, I was worried because they used it as a horror setup. When you first see the poisonous boy in Alex, they use it in a horror scenario. And I was like, oh, God, all right. <laughs> and my biggest fear was that they were going to introduce an enemy in Half-Life 2, which actually, well, this is a spoiler section, so it doesn't matter, but they don't appear no. 
which is like the haunched over carrier the thrower oh, fuck that the carrier guy. Yes. yeah yeah the oh man he was the he was the worst yes. in the fucking God, games he, dude so he was my worst case scenario uh, little did I know that Spider Hotel was going to happen, and that was going to be worse than I ever could have imagined any scenario to ever be. I'm so sad yeah. that you stopped streaming when you got to Chapter Five. I was, yeah. I was very silent you know, throughout the whole thing. You remember all that. those? Uh, remember all those head crabs on the back of that guy? We put them all in a hotel. Oh we put them my all god! In a hotel just for so you, dude. Walk through it in yeah. real life, dude. So for anyone through. who is listening who doesn't care about spoilers and is just listening for the hell of it, um. Spider Hotel is a hotel that is full to the brim with those chaps. And when I mean brim, it is absolutely swarming with them. Uh, I remember when you first encounter them, uh, you see like five of them on the floor. And my first instinct was, I'm just going to let this one barnacle continue to eat them. And I I will stand here for 20 minutes. And I did. I stood there for 50 minutes. And um, then I realized that they aren't... They're just... They're not stopping. They are just... (laughs) And then that's when I was getting really worried. When I was like, why are they just spawning instantly, uh, continuously? And that's when I was starting to get really nervous. <laughs> but I continued, and there's there's some there's a couple of spooks where one jumps out of the toilet, and I giggled. And there's yeah. like one or two on the staircase, and I oh, I always pulled out my shotgun because it was worth yeah. you know, spending the shells, even though they were pretty valuable at that point. And then you realize you have to go down. And I was just like, you gotta be fucking joking me, dude. You gotta be joking me. And I loved... And the lights go out. I absolutely loved Spider Hotel. It will forever go down in history for me as one of the most memorable levels in any video game. Because it feels like... It feels like my friends made the level to torture me. It feels like one of those cruel (laughs) jokes. You know when someone's fucking with you on purpose? It felt like Mm -hmm. that. It felt like it had been designed just for me. And I won't spoil all the, you know, all the reveals, but uh, we'll talk about Jeff, but Valve, um, they pull some really fun punches when it comes to horror. They make yeah. the scenario you are in get exponentially worse and worse. And when you think it can't get worse, it just gets worse. Uh, yeah. And in a really fun and playful way, like in Spider Hotel, when the power goes off and now you're in the dark. <laughs> And then yep. they just oh, double man. the amount so of spiders, good. and then you have to go into the elevator shaft where they're crawling up the walls, and you don't know if they're going to jump out and get you. Oh my god! <laughs> and Spider Hotel is brilliant. It will, yes. I think, without a doubt, when we do our end of the year podcast awards, you know, if there's any most memorable sequences, mild spoiler for the end of 2020, but you know that's coming back up. That's a front runner. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's an eternal category. And. It was a nice surprise for me because Jeff was the chapter that I had seen talked about on the internet. And I am going to assume that in general that, uh, maybe not for you two guys, but I think on the grand scale, I think Jeff might have freaked people out a bit more because I just saw oh, yeah. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Like people kept talking about Jeff. I saw fuck Jeff. Jeff quite a few times yeah. before I got to that section. Yeah. So I had no anticipation because I just hadn't seen any reference to Spider Hotel. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. completely out of the blue, was not expecting it, was tortured by it. Uh, and Valve just have like a good sense of comedy within the horror so that it was yes. never uncomfortable. Like I remember trying to play Resident Evil 7 on the PSVR. Oof. And I just like, if horror goes too far in yeah. virtual reality, it's just not fun. Like because it triggles, it tr- triggles, it tr- triggers <laughs> actual like emotional evolutionary yeah. triggers in your body. It triggers fight or flight. And I don't want to feel real primal fear when I'm playing video games. I want to have fun horror. Uh, And I think most 2D games for me are fun horror. 
Because it's not me in the mm. game, and VR can go yeah, too far. Yeah, you're disconnected enough. Yeah. VR is like heart attack stuff, where it's worrying. Uh, and I feel like Valve, we can, we can, you know, I don't know if you guys want to talk about Spider Hotel or just go to Jeff, but for all the horror segments, they keep this real sense of fun uh, and comedy yes. within it. And they alleviate the stress when it's most needed. Uh, and I think that's really important because I feel like I could have hated Spider Hotel uh, unironically and just absolutely wanted it to end. And I was I was giggling like it was a scary maze at a theme park. That's what it felt there's like. A lot of good, there's a lot of good, oh, fuck you yes. moments oh, yeah. in that game where you're yes. just like, okay, you fuckers. All right, I'm okay. <laughs> it's cruel yeah, in funny. a playful way consistently. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think we for, sort of forgot to talk about some of the like pre-release or release day moment review stuff that sort of maybe made us think it was going to be a more of a horror experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I definitely a hundred percent understand why someone would um, have a, a, a lot of very sort of horror moment, stress moments throughout Alex. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I totally, totally sympathize and understand. I think the first like couple hours where you're acclimating to it is where it was at its most intense for me. But then after after those by chapter four onwards, like I, I never I, I never felt afraid in Alex and and that's fine. I, I'm I'm it's not a complaint. It was just something that I feel like we maybe thought was going to be the case, um, based yes. on a couple of reviews. Um, but I, I definitely do understand why uh some people like would be terrified of Jeff. Um but mm-hmm. I I I found all of those segments to be fun in the moment as well even like spider hotel all chapter five is where the game gets really good yes uh and and chapter five is really long i was almost it was probably close to almost two hours for me to get through chapter five it's so long and i love how the you know the level sort of is just wrapping on top of itself you know and you're getting closer and higher up and I love the electrical, the electrical doggy encounter ah. thing, and then the the spider nest. Um, ah. Sorry, <laughs> is it's all great. And like you he said, popped in yeah. his head and it scared him. That wasn't even a joke. <laughs> like you said, there's a lot of just great just fun moments. Ah. Val, Val, yeah, they have a very good sense of uh, of of fun with their horror. Yes, and uh, and for me, uh, yeah, chapter five, incredible. Um, and chapter six is sort of like just basic traversal and combat. Jeff is a fantastic level as well. Oh, Probably so my yeah. favorite level in the game. It's so a very good level. Not scary. I didn't find him intimidating at all. No, um, no. they give you a lot of control. I think that leaves. Yeah, that's the, the thing. You're in control. He's um, he's like if you get caught by him, like it was still even today unsettling. Like it's not <laughs> when you get caught by Jeff, it's it is a little bit like oh boy, he is he is right there. Yeah, like yeah. And he is he got, doing his he, nasty he thing all me. over me. He got me in the lift. He he yeah oh for sure oh did he yeah I went to push, yeah that was, I went to push the button and I was just a bit too loud. Uh, that was fun. That was a cool. Oh my! That took me God, a while to the figure lift out. Is so genius. That whole segment I, is so good. Where you're like uh, trying to open the elevator, like the the with the um the wheel right, and you're like yep. okay. That was the one time I got caught where it's like, I'm going to see how far away I can lure him and then try and open the thing. And it's like, okay, that's not going to work. And then it was like, how do I fucking deal with him? And I'm standing in the fridge area yeah. looking out. And I'm like, how the fuck? What do I do with it? And then I'm wa- I leave the fridge area and turn around. And it's like the classic Valve thing of, aha, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Right at the right moment. And yeah, locking him in the fridge. 
calling the elevator, the power going out, <laughs> oh, having to man. reopen the fridge, go in there, call the elevator, get on the elevator, have him come onto the elevator oh. with you. Uh, the whole thing is just such so much good back and forth. It's and great. Then, that later segment of the level where you you have to like open the drawers and they have all these bottles lying on their yep. sides just like yes. ready to roll out. Yes. Like, I was yes. like, yeah, the amount of times I opened a filing cabinet drawer, I was like, you fuckers. Yes. Like, yeah. what, like I, I, yeah, of course. Oh, There's cool. so many good moments like that in that level. And, and, and that's where VR shines, where you're like, oh shit, I caught the bottle out of the air, you know, yeah. and there's an achievement for it. And it's such a good... Yeah, that whole level is just so much fun. It's uh, yeah. so clever. So many moments of just like, oh, you bastards. This is great. Especially after uh, Spider Hotel, where they'd already kind of played their cards on how they pace horror. So as yeah. soon as I lock Jeff in the fridge, I'm like, well, Jeff's obviously going to get out of the fridge. He's going to bust through. Yeah. But then they yes. top it off by revealing you're the one who's going to have to let him out. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And that was a good little moment yeah, really, where you're like, yeah, okay. you, kept, like, you keep waiting for him to just break it himself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because he he's stumping at it. Yeah. And when he gets it, in the lift, oh my god. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Another thing I, I wish I, I hadn't I forgot to mention in outside of the spoiler section, it's probably my favorite thing in the whole game is the way that they emulate the sound of your clothes moving mm-hmm. when you move. I, I can't I, I haven't stopped being amazed at how good that yeah. is. It, it's such a small detail. Uh just when you move like your right arm and it's like oh, I can hear my jacket moving that's mm-hmm. it's so smart to emulate your physical body without actually having it physically exist mm-hmm. uh, anyways and I like the gimmick of putting your hand up to your mouth it doesn't it didn't work as yeah. well on the rift s because of the way the tracking works yeah mm-hmm. um I like because there are camera cameras in the headset so I had to sort of hold my hand slightly in front of my face um that's fair I found the gas mask pretty quickly and put that on and that I love that as yeah. well uh putting the gas mask on and just being like, fuck you game. I'm not putting my hand up to my face anymore. Um, I will say, I really like, go ahead. I was going to say after, after Jeff, uh, I feel like I could have done with one more novelty scene after Jeff leading up to the end. Yeah. I was going to say, I like, I really like chapter nine or whatever, where you're going through the zoo. Yes. Um, I love that environment and, and they have some fun moments in there as well. Just like, when you see the tiger like cut out and and yeah, there's like a zombie yeah. that spawns behind it and the zombie goes yeah. and I'm like what the f-? like it was just it's a funny moment. Can we talk um, about the zombie that flushes the toilet? The, that's the funniest thing in that whole game. That's so stupid. There's some really yeah. good uh, like sort of environmental comedy in that game. Yeah, I think. Did you guys squish, you guys squish Jeff? Yeah. Yeah, you have to. I think you? you have to. Yeah. No, I. I, oh, you I didn't. Just, no, you can just lock him in there. I think. Yeah, oh. I didn't squish him. I let oh, him out. I, I squished the hell out of him. Oh, that's pretty nice. I let him out before I went down. Because yeah. I felt bad. Yeah. I kind of liked him. Ah, oh, fuck yeah. That. You, I got an achievement for letting him out. Oh, and, I crushed uh, him. Then, oh, then I went wow. down the outline tunnel. Interesting. Yep. Yep. The um, I got I, uh, Jeff had one final fuck you, and it, it, I I squish him, and then I opened it and went back in to you know look at the mess. Yeah, how's it looking? Um, and I'm like, and there's a, a line that Alex says. I and, liked that. Uh, and it was and it was funny. I'm like, that's cute. And then there's one last fuck you, which it, it only will work under certain circumstances. But I was like leaned over looking right at the pile. And the um his like spore emitter lets out one last <laughs> in your face if you lean forward into it. That's and it made so me good. jump. And I was like, you motherfucker. <laughs> it was so funny. That's so good. Um, but yeah, I agree. I um Chapter eight felt like a good something different but it still felt like a unique sort of gimmick with all the uh 
all the zoo stuff, which I really like. Yeah, I love the uh, and then, But yeah, chapter the zoo 10, was a great environment. Yeah. T- chapter ten is just pretty standard again, like chapter six, where it's just you're just wandering around and doing combat, and that was. Uh, I, I agree. It could they could have used one more thing. They do it in chapter eleven, which I think is good. That chapter eleven has good unique stuff in yeah. it. But I would have. There's just a bunch of like pretty straightforward traversal and combat uh, between the zoo and the finale. Yeah, I'm probably thinking um, of specifically chapter ten, where I could have I could have just done with something. I don't know what the yes. thing is, but a thing. Yeah, I agree. Agreed. Um, and I, 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 regarding the being uncomfortable and like horror stuff, the only thing that ever bothered me in the game, uh, and it's always bothers me in all games, is the when enemies really quickly invade personal space. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I dislike it in all games, 2D as well, including the head crabs. They, they, I get like a physical response whenever something, uh, just Come scurries up into my face. I oh, just yeah. sort of get like, just like get out of here. Um, and I, I definitely had that with the head crabs uh, <laughs> yeah. a lot. But having to do a myth recording where I had to catch a head crab in a bucket, <laughs> that fucker was jumping at me a lot. And yeah. I went into that session like not looking forward to it. And I left that session being immune to Half-Life now, <laughs> um, uh, which is not not that bad. Um, I don't think I'll ever be immune to the big poison boys. It's it's just too deep. It's too deep in my brain. But I'm not I'm not complaining. I like that I had an authentic horror moment for you know for yeah. forty minutes and then got the fuck out of there. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. Um, and then I think the the final chapter is fucking incredible. Yes. Uh, wow. Probably yeah. my favorite final oh. chapter in a game in a very long time. God, it's it, good. It, it made me think. Of the similar, I felt similarly about it to way how I felt uh, the the finale of like Bioshock Infinite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you go back to Rapture and you're like, wow, this is fucking nuts. Yeah. Um, I love the super powered up glove, unlimited power Palpatine simulator at oh, the yeah. end. <laughs> um, yeah. I think the auto aim on that thing is a little wonky. Like it sort of veers. I had didn't I didn't have a good time with them. I didn't have a time throwing those things. Yeah, um, it's just I could I couldn't wrap my head around I couldn't wrap my head around uh, not holding something and then still having to throw it. So like, I was just flicking the wrist like like yeah. Spider Man like web flick. Yeah, basically. Oh, I was and doing that was working really out. Well. Interesting. Yeah. Nothing a Palpatine. Um, but yeah, I, I love that out. section. It was very uh, it was a very fun, cool section. Yeah. And then I like the stuff before I, it that reminded me of Control, like the mind bending rooms upside down stuff. Oh yeah, was that before it? Yeah. I thought that was after it. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Right? Um, before? Yeah, the, I think you're the, right. I think it was before. The orb stuff is before the four. Di- what I've interpreted as four dimensional stuff, but then it wasn't four D. I don't oh, remember. Okay. Anyways, yeah, th- that section is also really great. Yeah. Um, what I liked about it, maybe the most, I mean, like it, it's a great use of VR and giving you trippy senses of uh, uh, up and down and all that is is great. Um, but I liked two things. I, the entire the sound design in that whole finale is incredible mm-hmm. with the weird like violin off in the distance and the the like constantly uh the sound design in that whole section is just incredible and then i loved the immediate sense as soon as you get into the trippy four-dimensional stuff if you want to call it that is like oh shit uh g-man is near yes <laughs> you know uh, yeah like you know he's gonna show up because it's yeah. a Half-Life game. Also, he was in the trailer. Um, but you you know he's going to show up regardless. And as soon as something gets weird in Half-Life, you're like, all right, 
it's it's G-Man time, and he's been yeah. completely non-existent for that entire game. And as soon as things that section started, I'm like, all right, I I presume I'm just going to open one of these doors, and the G-Man's going to be there. <laughs> Um, and I, and I loved that sense of like, okay, where the fuck, what's going on? And then the, the whole reveal is so well done when you open that door yep. and get to the walkway and his profile is very minimally lit, but you instantly read his profile yep. and you're yep. like, oh, it's the yep. G-Man. Oh, fuck. Yep. Oh, they, yeah, um, like, oh, shit. He's the one who got captured because when you're in there, you're like, this is a lot for Gordon Freeman. He's just a guy. And you're... Yeah. And you're the one who let him out. Like you're like so it it when you got it you got to kind of think about that. I yeah, was I think about that yeah. as it was happening. And but yeah, just I the, it's such a good moment of just a being able to re like uh, iconic character design being used well yeah. as well. Where mm. you're just like he's yeah. And as soon as you I saw the, the profile eyes, and realized dude. yeah, and you realize oh shit, like I'm the one letting him out and unleash and like. Oh yeah, the Vortigaunts, of course. The Vortigaunts are the one powering the vault. Like they're the only ones that have ever been able to interfere yeah. with him. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, and then that whole segment is just so man. good. Oh man. I Holy moly, dripping. Dripping. Video games do not get me uh to have any sort of audible reaction. Um and the only times that I do, I know it's a good exp- like if I am audible Audibly reacting to something, it means that they're doing some good shit. Yeah. And and that whole ending finale got me like a three or four like oh fuck out of me. Yeah. Um What a fucking payoff. The what the G Man encounter is so good. The the use of the audio is great. It was exactly what I was hoping for. Like weird binaural, you know, yes. audio placement of him around yeah. right up in your face. Uh and then the absolute fucking madman. The madman. The madman. Oh, I have thought? so much respect for them. What I a mean, move. They're dealing with <laughs> the most like famous cliffhanger ending in video game history. Uh, and then they're like, we're going to fucking change this ending <laughs> so we can make more Half-Life games easier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, amazing. And and I'm very glad I played the second episode. Like I had played oh, it you know, two dude. days before. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if I, it, if I didn't have that context, it, it would have not worked. And I'm so glad that I had played that. It made it all worthwhile. And just the first time, yeah, when you see him floating, you're like, oh shit, they're gonna they're gonna do this. And then yeah, oh man. And after credit scene, holy yes! shit. God, I they did, like the oh. the madman again, because they literally like the if, whole someone, game if that is, had a leaked, if that had a leaked like oh two months God. ago, they, they would have been like, like people, the, the, the people online would have been like, like what the f- ew, gross. Like they literally put the crowbar in your hand. They literally <laughs> yeah. put the crowbar in your hand. And it's <laughs> yeah. amazing. It's I, fucking amazing. I think I almost screamed when Dog jumps in. You finally get to see Dog in VR. Yeah. I was like, Dog, oh, yeah. no way. He's dog here. in VR. Like that. I was like listening because I was like, so once the suit kicked on, I, I heard the suit kick on. It was like vitals yes. replenishing, and I was like, oh fuck! Like, is that all they're gonna leave you with? It's just like the audio Easter egg. And then next thing you know, you're Eli Vance is in front they of your hold, fucking face, and he's like, what's going on? They hold that white screen just long enough with the like, yeah, vital signs critical. They hold it just long enough where you're like, oh, and I was like, that's, that's a cute the suit. Easter egg. Yeah, yeah, cute, cute little stinger. And then they're like, Gordon, wake up! And it's like. Oh my the god. The fully rendered episode yeah. two ending environment and oh my god. I think um, I cannot believe that they fucking made an entire game that is ends with Half-Life 3 confirming episode wall two. W. Yeah. <laughs> Un- I think Bioshock Infinite is actually the perfect comparison because yes. the unique thing yeah. about Bioshock Infinite 
is the reveal that it's connected to something and you had no idea it was connected to it. And that reveal yeah. is very unique and special and something you can't really replicate on purpose very often. Because how No, it's the do. circumstances have to be so specific. Yeah. To, yeah. It's oh, propped yeah. up on some flimsy stilts, but it's up there fucking. And also, I and just want to have some respect for the people who have played Half-Life Alex before, because it was nowhere. At least I didn't stumble into it. I feel like the whole internet's been very, very quiet. Uh, I haven't yeah. I, I'm sure somewhere some asshole has leaked it. But yeah, I mean, people have beaten it before it came out, and I saw nothing about the ending. Yeah. All I heard is whispers that yes, this is this has a connection to the series. That's all I heard. Yeah. Uh, Valve straight up said like you should brush up on your Half Life, you know. Yeah. Before, and yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's a fucking Half Life. So game when I was so. at the end, I was like, oh, cool. G Man's gonna like explain how Gordon gets to the uh, beginning yeah. of Half Life Two. Little did I know that I was going to be in the end of Half-Life 2, Episode 2, continuing on. Uh, never yeah, did I yeah. think it was going to go that far. No. Incredible. No. Incredible. My brain, like, and leaves leaves you with your brain going, like, it, it, like they say the, the perfect ending, is, or the perfect at least uh, first ending is, you should be leaving more questions than you answer. Mm. And like, yeah. man, they answered a lot of fucking questions, but boy, howdy, did they find a great way to leave you with so many more. Yeah. It's so like, smart because like, the ending of Half-Life 2, Episode 2, and the, and the, it's less so the, I guess less so the ending and more so the fact that they didn't follow up on the ending left in them with way. such a burden, right? Yeah. And it's like, how do we as storytellers solve this problem we wrote ourselves into and then, you know, didn't solve when the time was right? And it's like, what is the solution to this? How do we continue making Half-Life? You take it back. <laughs> The it's so like the whole play is so brilliant where it's like the all of Half Life Alex is like a G Man test and it's a prequel and it's like okay this makes sense and then yeah the 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 intelligence of that team in taking an ending that was basically a, a ball and chain like an anvil just like weighing them down yeah and like the ending of Half Life Two has like been an incredible burden on Valve for like you know, now 13 years. And then their solution is let's open it up to have like, we can do anything we want now. Uh, yeah. It's so smart. I have so much uh, respect for that ending. And it's, I don't, it was I don't so think fucking I'll, good. I don't, I don't think like, I think I will probably remember G man saying, what if I could give you something you don't know you want yet? Mm, like yeah. that, that line. And then him like putting the case out and letting go of it. And it's just floating towards you. And it's you can such see, a like, Oh shit like, moment. Yeah, yeah. When that suitcase started to come towards me, like I had the heebie jeebies like yeah. out of my mind. Cause it, cause of, like G man, they, they done. So I, first of all, I looked for him multiple times. Yeah. I was playing he is game. not present at all in the game until you let him out, which is such which a good small sense. detail. Yes. Exactly. Man, and he it is makes present. Sense. He is present in the post credit scene. He's on the railing off to the left, yeah. watching over you and Alex, I or you and uh, Gordon and uh, Eli. Eli. Yeah, crazy. So it's um, like, um, they they've made him so perfectly yeah. unsettling. Yeah, G Man is an all time great character in yeah. in anything. Like I looked up how much time screen time he has. All of the speeches, all of his appearances in one video, it's. 14 minutes across 20 years <laughs> or now almost 30 years because it's been Prolific. 98 was no 20 years ago yeah, yeah i'm doing my math wrong and 14 minutes in 20 years and he's so iconic yeah. and and so like they it's so un 
it's so rare for someone to, for to for mystery mystery to be written well. Yeah. And to have him be he's still so well written after all this time as well where it's just like he is this like unknowable God. entity. I love his delivery yeah. so much. Yeah. His voice actor is perfect. The drawl and everything. You know who his so employers good. are, I don't know. That was uh, so good where like, he was like that's a little too strong of a nudge. Like yeah, yeah like we don't allow that's unacceptable. Too much work, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. I, he's so well done and and they do him so they handle him so well in this game and, mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah, the fact that now knowing that people have done the the legwork and and confirmed that he does not appear at all in Alex until he let him out, it makes so much sense. Crazy. Uh, Cuz you're not going to like you're not gonna. See. Every time I looked at like a railway off somewhere, I was like, "No, I'm not gonna see him." Yeah, but he would be. He would be there. That's yeah. where he would be. Like when you're coming through the the mill, the or the when you're outside the vodka uh, mill and you're fighting all those combines. I was like, "He's he, he's watching this." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got he's got a bird's eye view of this shit. Where's and he at? I can't they, see him. It's fine. I also love that they set it up thinking you're rescuing Gordon Freeman because when they reveal that yep. in chapter eight or whatever, and you, nine. And you that was when you posted in nine, yeah, and you're like, well, this oh, is like, only oh, a Half Life game, game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, well, that's that's that makes sense. It's pretty corny, but like, yeah. yep, I get it. You know, you're gonna rescue Gordon, yeah. Um, and then and but yeah, so they like they know exactly what they're doing. And oh. I, I love that. And, they and, they're and playing G-Man's with like, you so well. Yeah, G-Man's like, our other hire didn't work. Shows you Gordon Freeman outside oh, your body. Man. And then he walks away. So you're like, oh, okay, there there he is and there he's gone. Yeah. Like, what a great mislead. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, oh, Not only God. just in the story, I, love, I just think oh. nowadays with the internet, it's so difficult yeah. to keep a reveal under wraps. Uh, Try, it's That's pro wrestling, yeah. baby. Like, that's, that's <laughs> pro, it's, that, it's is, not, that is pro they wrestling. They didn't just accomplish a plot twist. They sold the game as something that it wasn't. I thought we were playing like a Rogue One, a filler. You know, were they, were they gonna sure, fill yeah. a gap mm-hmm. in the timeline? Uh, yeah. I, I, somehow they'll sprinkle the Skywalkers in. Yeah. Somehow they sold something which continues the entire franchise and gives you more on an ending yeah. that I thought they had dropped forever. Because when the Half Life oh, yeah. Three yeah. Uh, yeah. plot was just chucked out there by the main writer, I was like, they've given up on this. They're gonna use Half Life Alex and I don't know a one-off thing where they just fill in some of the timeline for fans. Uh, I had yeah. no idea that this was them proposing that they are going to keep the story going. Uh, that was that's, one of the greatest crazy reveals that it, in any game ever, I think. Yeah, it's such a confident and affirmative statement of, yo, baby, we're back. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we're doing more. Because, like, and, and, yeah, I mean, they could do another, they could do another Half-Life Alex game as a follow-up mm-hmm. and then do Half-Life 3. And but they where do, is Al, but where's Alex now? Well, exactly. And, but like they could also, you know, is Half Life Three VR only? Like I kind of hope so. I, yeah, I hope so. Um, yeah, I hope so too. But like, I really that, hope so. It's crazy how many doors they open with this after 13 years of yeah. of you know being being weighed down by by so much uh, expectation and and setup and all that. And yeah, it, it, mad respect. Crazy. Uh, like. They're they're so smart, and I mean, it's mostly all the original writers are still working on on this. You know, like all those people are still there. Yeah. Um, oh man. And it shows. the The worst part of the writing to me is the dialogue in the first f- five chapters, where it's just like endless quips, and it's like, "Yep, these are the Firewatch people. They work at Valve now." Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot yeah. yeah. 
and, and but they you know yeah chapter five onwards they're like all right we're, we're is russell I, dead I, I, yeah. did they insinuate he was just killed because he's not in the other games yeah yeah i mean oh he'll come back probably you heard like i doubt people it. burst into his room near the end i would presume they'll have know. him yeah, he'll I, be the one who puts the portal gun in gloves no i, I presume that he's just a character that you know five years of war has happened between alex you know the and and episode two, like it's very easy to believe that you know he died or got captured. Yeah, true. Uh, though the 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 delivery of his last line was weird, where it sounded like he was giving up or something. Like he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, Alex, we did it. Yeah, and it's like, why are you so bummed? <laughs> they also set up like a female villain who's talking with one of the inquisitors. What the big bug boy? Yeah, called? Uh, whatever they're called. Yeah, Co- I saw some people speculate that that was Mossman. Yep, that's uh, what I thought because just because how she was played, Mossman. I don't think so. Yeah, um, but she, I think she's pretty clearly an ally by the end of Half Life Two. Yes, yes, yeah. So I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So like I said at the beginning, the my 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 biggest complaint is that they they got me those motherfuckers. Yeah, <laughs> they got you. And now I care about Half Life, the story especially. Now I'm like. Now I want to know what they do next. Fuck. Yeah, it was a plot twist bigger than the story itself. It it had like yeah. oh, ripples of importance that plot twist. Yeah, and and yeah, that they kept it. Everyone kept it under wrap. And I, I mean, I did finish the game pretty quickly because I didn't want it spoiled. But I I have not seen anything. If I hadn't gone out of my way to search out people playing the ending or discussing the ending, I've not seen anything. Yeah, me neither. Uh, about the spoiler, um, which is which is great. Yeah, um, it's one of the biggest spoilers, potential spoilers of all time. One of the, one of the most significant gaming yeah. endings, and no one I mean, really seems to be ruining it. It's legendary. Like, uh, I mean, they solved the ending of Half-Life 2 Episode 2, like the f- yeah. most famous gaming cliffhanger of all time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man. Can't believe they did it. I can't yeah, believe they did it. it. And, uh, like, grabbing the crowbar was so hype. Yes. <laughs> it's so <laughs> corny, but oh, it's man. so hype. I was like, they're going to take it away as soon as I grab it with both hands, right? Like, it's just going to fade to black and I'm not, and then it's like, you get to keep it for like five seconds and it's yeah. like, slow taste. Fuck, like, oh, oh, I'm a little baby and I'm in this like, <laughs> like, I feel like I fucking got a pinwheel hat on and it's like, I got the crowbar and I'm like, oh, they did it. And then it's over and it's like, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, true. But in a good uh, yeah. way. Fuck, what a oh man, what a game! What a Absolutely game. fantastic. I it was so it's so nice to play like a super focused action adventure game that is hyper polished, hyper well produced, uh, full of creativity, uh, and also has some fucking amazing surprises yeah. in it that I was not oh, expecting. It uh, stuck the landing. It was a pleasure. Let's just say I'll be uh, talking about it at the end of the year, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I, I feel uh, that way about both both Doom and Half-Life, where it's like, man, for me, this year has started off real good. Yes. Uh, and now, boys, we get to talk about Animal Crossing for an uh, hour. Let's uh, fucking go, dude. No, I'm just joking. Just kidding. No, ha- Half-Life, great fucking game. Who would have fucking thought? I'm so glad we all got to play this game. Yeah, yeah me too. I'm so yeah. glad we all got to play this. It would have been lame if just one of us played it. And- really lame. Oh, oh yeah. And I'm I glad that I bit the I would have probably, I, I would have probably uninstalled Discord if I couldn't have played this game with <laughs> yeah. you guys. Oh, wow. It would have wow, sucked. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. Also, oh, shout out to Valve spending... Shout out to Valve! Me- well, <laughs> in general. But also spending... Uh, <laughs> Hey, nice. <laughs> Spending like at least three, probably more like four years making another fucking Half-Life game and then 
keeping it under wraps and only announcing it in December and um, shipping it yeah. on time three months later. Yeah. Uh, they kept it so we quiet. Didn't spend, yeah, we didn't spend two years looking forward to this. They're like, yeah, there's a Half-Life game coming out. Uh, oh, let me see, in three months. Yeah. Uh, so I I went back to the No Clip documentary on Half-Life mm. and he was talking to Jeff Keighley and, yeah. and they wouldn't say a single thing. They didn't even insinuate to Jeff Keighley and he's the, you know, he's he's quite a behind he's the, the scenes. He's the Dorito priest. And he he's was the on Dorito the no-clip no documentary. <laughs> and he asked the guys, hey, I'm doing my video game awards. And do you have maybe an updated model for G-Man? Like he was trying to, you know. Yeah. And they were like, no, yeah, no, yeah. no. I, we wouldn't even know where to find, like, that model of G-Man. We haven't touched it in years. <laughs> yeah, huh? And G-Man? Yeah. Here? At Valve? No. And that was a, no, that no, was a no, 2019 video. So they lied yeah. to Jeff Keighley's face. I love it. I love it. I love it. And also, I cannot wait for <laughs> Jeff Keighley is doing the final hours of Half Life Alex, where they're going to talk Ugh. about like all the abandoned Half Life things that they've Ooh, worked on nice. over the years. And I can't <laughs> wait to see what they've done. J- J- Jeff threw fucking gritted teeth. I-, I fuck. It's a great game. And okay, you guys I'll go talk to to- <laughs> instead. It was a great game, okay? But you guys lied. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, oh. the-, the games. Are often too secretive about a lot of things, but or rather, they're too secretive for the wrong reasons, they're, right? Where it's like games are getting too cowardly. They're it's too like, cowardly. Will, will it have multiplayer? It's like, oh, we're not talking about it at this time. It's like, just fucking who? Why? Shut the fuck up. Yes, of course, it's going to have mm, multiplayer. Like the new Batman game, for example. Yeah, it's like just announce it. Like, who cares? But like Avengers, a great secret is so great in games um and i'm you know i'm not the i don't care a whole lot about spoilers most of the time but there is nothing quite like a really magical surprise in a game and half-life absolutely delivered that in a way that we haven't had well i I felt a little bit a little bit that way but actually rather a lot of that way about control uh with a certain thing but yeah that's good um, but the sort of, you know, the physical manifestation of seeing these things happen obviously adds a lot to it. And it is probably the hypest finale since since Infinite, really. Yes, there's so sure. much so much uh, weight behind seeing something like Rapture again or seeing yep. fucking Gordon Freeman picking up his crowbar. <laughs> and you being Gordon Freeman. <laughs> It's so good. Did you check out his sweet gloves? Man, Ugh, I tried. I, I was overwhelmed. Yep. I blacked out. I did. I, I, I yeah, first thing I checked yeah, I mean, out was yeah. like, how are these the hands glove. looking? Yeah, and they were good. They're good looking hands. God. That, oh my god. Well, <sighs> I'm gonna play it again soon. Like, yeah, me too. I'm gonna yeah, play the last chapter for sure. I'm just gonna start I'm after done, Spider Hotel. Once I'm done with um, videos for both Doom and Half Life, I, I look forward to replaying them both. Uh, you know, in, 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 with my brain more turned off, mm-hmm. uh, in a sense, because I was recording, I was already doing video work while I was playing through the game, which is never ideal, but uh, it didn't no. really compromise things too much. But it'll be nice to just sort of, yeah, replaying stuff is always, I always enjoy it, especially when that context has boy. changed a lot by knowing what the whole is. Boys, we need to talk about the potential of if people are going to mod this game, because we've never played uh, a moddable project in virtual reality. I want Half Life. I want two and one, and I want two and two A and two B to be put. We on the air we really could be seeing 
more playable Half-Life Alex things made by fans in the future, as long as they have the Source 2 assets. We will be 100%. Valve is going to be releasing um, the, like, similar to what they did with Portal 2's level editor. They're doing one of those. Oh, my oh God. God. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, my. yeah. Okay. Holy shit, this also, is going to be crazy. I don't, you, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Valve added uh, VR support to the Half-Life games. Mm. The old Why ones. do we doubt why do we I don't know if you knew that, uh, but yeah, yeah, there will be um, like I don't know if it's the SDK, but it's like a level editor sort of thing yeah. is going to be released. Source is just so open anyway it. for people who want to get uh, that. Yes, on it. it is. Yeah, that's why they call it Source. Yeah. Valve has pretty much said yeah that they're like yeah people are going to mod the shit out of this and we're totally on board with that. I so think what good. I'm looking forward to is how far they take it away from what Half Life Alex is because if you think back to the Half Life mm. Two mods. Um, things like from Gary's mod to X and Y, things just got really fucking crazy and weird. And Half-Life, obviously, you know, we had Counter-Strike and all this crazy shit. I just want to see, are people just going to, you know, make it Half-Life Alex-like, but with different environments, maybe add some new weapons in? Or people are just going to use this VR engine to go absolutely nuts and we'll be playing something almost unrecognizable from Half-Life Alex. That's what I'm most interested in seeing. The Valve safety net will certainly be thrown in the garbage when random human beings just start making crazy vr like i expect some wacky like platforming stuff and like breaking all the comfort rules and just like going crazy with the uh with the engine here's a question will we be playing half-life alex together this year will someone mod that that in i fucking want co-op yeah that's what i'm thinking (laughs) i I want to get married in half-life alex (laughs) that is almost the first direction that half-life is taken when modded half-life one and two both, right. both went right. instantly yeah. multiplayer that could be interesting we'll find out. i will say um when people play yeah. the game inevitably non in vr they're not gonna think it's all that exciting no <laughs> i reckon people like, still like that it. it'll be yeah, with yeah, an ad yeah. it's gotta be and i hope man if people i'm gonna get it's gonna make me mad like it's gonna make me mad when people are like, "This game is boring." Yes. Like, yeah, oh, playing it too. Like it's just gonna make. Well, me and mad. that's the thing that's gonna be present because you know we're, we'll put this up on the channel and there'll be. I guess I'm gonna have to record fucking two hours of Half Life gameplay um, because we've been talking for so long. But like, I'll give you all. I'll give you my 45 minutes of no, fucking no. bottle. Put, <laughs> I'll have to put that in on cut. Just put that in. Just put that in for the spoiler section. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah outside of VR and in video form, it it really does not do it justice i mean obviously like the visuals and the audio and the story and all that is is appreciable appreciate you know what i mean yeah in in video form but um yeah the the if you haven't tried vr you cannot explain to someone no the presence of vr um so, so it's, it's i would magical. also say find a rich friend i will say and, no, i bad. still don't think i would recommend people buy vr mm-hmm um even with alex you know you've got alex lone echo super hot and a few other like good like, moss <coughs> and gorn <coughs> gorn oh, gorn of oh, course funny you mentioned gorn. <laughs> and gorn too whenever that comes out um but i still i still don't think people should spend the money for VR yeah right it's now, still not time which in is my tragic opinion. yeah it will get but there we this is a good step closer to to that being more Oh yeah, this would be the biggest push that it could have ever gotten. Yeah, yeah, and I mean the index has been sold out for like six months straight now because it just it just sells out instantaneously, which is good. You know, more VR in in the market is good. Um, Also, it doesn't help that obviously manufacturing is now a mess. But anyways, we should stop talking. This has been three hours. Uh, Holy fuck! Yeah. Yeah.
go play those games because there's nothing else to do. That is yeah. true. Half-Life Alex was uh, pretty fucking special. And I thought yeah. I wouldn't give a shit. And man, do I care so much. <laughs> Arguably now more than ever about the Half-Life. I care so much. Also, it really, it really makes me want a Portal game just because I care so much oh. more about the Portal universe. If You know what I mean? I yeah. mean, obviously, it's the same universe as Half-Life. But uh, even though Portal 2 is a perfect video game, uh, the best, most perfect video game ever created with an amazing perfect ending and its flawless masterpiece, um, I would still love to see the humor and goofy puzzles and i know mm. like portal is a much more good writing fun what you're trying to game. Say. also good writing yes good humor yeah, <laughs> yeah good oh man i hope they i hope they can find a way to make a vr ha- a portal game it would be so fucking cool i honestly think if anyone is capable of merging two ips together uh, valve is the one who would do it i i don't yeah. think they would bring in the borealis the aperture science ship into half-life 3 without you know bringing some yeah. novelty heart portal stuff into it it wouldn't really I make mean, sense and they yeah. are fun first people they would they would do it i really think so yeah. the 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 portal gun and the gravity gun in the same game yeah. would be an amazing like imagine you know you put a portal and then shoot your fucking saw through the portal yeah. and like Oh my god! All Valve so really potential. give a shit about is surprising people and making people have fun. So if it's a yeah. good idea, they would do it. I would be shocked yeah. if the portal gun didn't appear. If the aperture science stuff was included in the next Half Life game, yeah. Even if it's there oh, for like man. one level or a reference, oh, um, they so they would absolutely do it. Also, I'm gonna go replay Portal Two now. <laughs> yeah, I did this year. It's fantastic. I did. I did last year, and it's still so good. It's so good. Uh, all right, let's wrap it up. Hey, uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. Love that's, you. No, Stay it's safe. Joe's show. You fucking imposter. This isn't a podcast. Go listen to the, go listen to the podcast. I'm on it. <laughs> go listen to me. Forget these clowns. Hey, thanks for joining, Ben. Appreciate it, dude. Hey, thanks. Yeah, if you made it to the end of this video, thank you very much for listening. It was a long one. I think our talks of Doom yeah. and Half Life Alex went on longer than we expected, but there was more going on yeah. than I previously thought there would be when jumping into these games, and I'm very happy for that. I think we all are. But yeah, and we'll be back uh, with more games in April. Yes. What have we got? Are still games coming out? Shitty Resident Evil, shitty half uh, Final Fantasy, and um, shitty shit. Uh, Gears Tactics. I- I'll uh. I'll probably play Gears Tactics. Maybe. Sure. Okay. But at least Resident Evil and Final, Final Fantasy Seven, which are both big games. So yeah. I'll be probably talking about Animal Crossing next time we do a podcast. Yeah. So if yeah. anyone wants to talk about that, that'll be there. Yep. Spotify, iTunes for our normal podcast. And until then, guys, yeah. we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Goodbye.